Is that tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. I mean, oh, if oh, they're you listening mean, to this on the 25th. You mean Quanga? <laughs> or one of those other made-up holidays? God, fucking damn, her Amber. Murder is so sad. It really is. It's it's one of those like opening, you know, kills that just really yeah. you're just like thank fucking god. Yeah, you're like oh, good. We're dealing with this already. Like we talk a lot. Quick side note: we talk a lot in here about like the the ideas behind slasher movies and rooting for people's death. And how that's a fucked up concept. But this one, I'm yeah. going to let slide. I mean, it's also, yes, it is fucked up. But sometimes it's also, it's what's happening. And that's part of it. Yeah. Like, you know, any any read on slashers, I mean, really on anything. But I like to use slashers because slashers are, I think, one of the examples of not just a subgenre, but like of anything in any media, any culture at all. Slashers is one of the things, slasher movies are one of the things that are most like often as far as I anecdotally have observed, just pigeonholed and treated like a monolith and treated like they're all one thing. Mm-hmm. They're all this. And it's like, well, no, for starters, they're not. But also like, yeah, I love movies that I, it's, to me, a slasher, good slasher movie kills people that you don't want to see die. But it also kills people that you kind of want to see die. Yeah, and that's fine. We don't have to feel bad about that. It's a fucking movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. True. It still was. It was a great release. Yeah. To watch I, yeah, Amber I, get hers. I love it when a slasher filmmaker knows that you have to earn that. Mm-hmm. And boy, did that earn it. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Just one of the most despicable characters right away in um, any movie I've seen recently. Love it. So, bye, Amber. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Amber. Yeah. (laughs) Choke on this dildo, Amber. Get stabbed 40 times in the gut, Amber. Hi, Andy. Hi, Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. Oh, yeah, because this comes out on the 25th. It's literally Christmas right now. Literally Christmas Christmas Day, yeah. Yeah, we just got up and we opened some presents. Yeah, some really interesting, weird presents. Yeah, yeah, Santa Claus left us (laughs) something in our stockings and it was vertical. Yes, (laughs) quite stacked. Yeah. Hi, and welcome to Look Good for the Boys, a horror gossip podcast. I'm Philip. I'm Andy. Yep. <laughs> More? No, nah, that's it. That's no? all I okay. got. I felt like you could go an octave higher. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I want to hear you Mariah carry it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can I also like scream at people for looking at me like Mariah Carey? Sure, why not? I don't know her. Anyway... It's Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas today, the 25th of December. That's what we're doing. Hi. Yeah. Hi. And how are we celebrating? 
Oh, man. Uh, we are having a very vertical stack Christmas. So, yes, we are here to celebrate a v- very vertical stack Christmas. Yeah. And what does that mean, Andy? Well, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to us before, listener. By the way, Merry Christmas to you if you celebrate. Yes, and if not, happy 25th of December to yeah. you. Yeah. Happy day off you probably get anyway. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I hope. I don't know. There's a lot of people that have to work on Christmas. Happy uh, overtime pay, holiday pay. If you get it. If you get it. Yeah. I don't. Happy, happy 25th of happy December. Happy Monday. Yeah, ha- happy Monday. <laughs> I hope it's a decent Monday for you. And also, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Hi, how are you? Oh, We're so glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. It's it's weird that you just show up on the holidays as a stranger. Yeah, who but are whatever. you? whatever. We're not judging. Come on in. <laughs> okay, so. So if you haven't uh, listened to the podcast before or you haven't listened to the episodes where we talk about the vertical stack, do you want to give them the rundown? Yeah, so it's it's a name that we chose to describe a certain type of movie, and it, it comes from basically Andy and I have shelves of movies that we have to watch together, or that we want, sorry, not have to, want, want to, to watch together. Yes. And there's a certain type Sometimes of movie. Sometimes it feels like have to. Well, yeah, there's a chore element to it for yeah. sure. And there is a section of these shelves that we stack movies vertically because there is a specific type of film that you have to be in the right mindset for. Yeah. It started because I would go to Goodwill and I would look for movies that I had never heard of that looked really cheap and, you know, direct-to-video, these, like, forgotten little little horror films. Unknown things, horror movies that are... People make horror movies, I think, in that genre more on the vertical stack level and on the low-budget, by-the-seat-of-your-pants level than other genres because it's... A genre that's like a, a gu- almost guaranteed return on your investment thing. I mean, that, that was that's the reputation it has. You can mm-hmm. make them for cheap. You don't need stars. You don't need much of a budget. Much of a budget. You can, you know, and and you can do a lot of things in the genre. There's a lot of reasons for that. We don't have to get into all that. But it's there. It's usually horror movies in that in in that category, and they're movies that are not made in the Hollywood studio system. They're movies that don't have. A lot of a lot of oversight, oversight, a big budget, or big budget, or, or connections, profile or yeah, uh, distribution is usually direct to video, direct to streaming now, self release on YouTube <laughs> sometimes, mm-hmm. and festivals, and you know they're not playing in theaters, they're not getting wide releases. And I will say, there's a lot of gray area in this definition of vertical stack, but essentially. The way that we narrow it down is the, it's essentially forgotten movies. Yeah. Well, because we think about, here's the thing. We talk about the vertical stack and we talk about how you have to be, you know, for whatever reason, a little more charitable. They're not, they're movies that are a little off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means the craft isn't quite there. These aren't industry professionals. These aren't people who do this. They don't tend to be people who do this solely for a living. This is a passion. Yeah. It's a thing that they do on their weekends. Or, you know, if it is a job for them, they are either privileged enough to be able to do it, you know. Yeah, this is not coming from the large studio system where these are all people who, like, have dedicated their lives to this. These are people who are working against a lot of factors to make these projects come to fruition. Yeah. They're basically having to collect everybody involved with it themselves. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like a a lot of them tend to be regional films or, 
if they do exist within the LA area, they're completely separate from anything yeah. related it's, to the studios. And we have this in one of our films today, the case of like someone who works in the industry, but not necessarily like as a writer, director, producer, professionally. We have a guy directed one of the films we're going to talk about today who's like a business affairs or sales agent person for studios and films. And I should add that Forgotten feels like a very narrowed view, but like these are films that don't get a lot of attention. Yeah, that's they don't get a lot of attention. They don't they aren't talked about. They certainly don't have mainstream popularity. They they're not making any end of year list positive or negative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and on that note, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to revisit this terminology today is because there was a tweet recently that I saw from a person. I'm not going to name them, but it's it's a tweet to piss me off. The tweet was about one of these end of the year worst movies lists. It was like Vanity Fair or something premiere. I don't know. Somebody doing a worst 20 worst movies of 2023. And someone had shared it with stop doing this. This is this is bad. Movies are hard to make and get very defensive. And it it's that pushback that we've talked about a few times here against, you know, it's to let people like things, shit, that's like, eh, this kind of feels like you're mad about criticism. Right. And to be fair, I get where this person is coming from. I get where this attitude comes from. But also, like, movies aren't hard to make. And if you're tweeting this about movies that Vanity Fair is talking about, I'm sorry, these are all going to be studio releases. These are all high-profile movies. And sure... You know, when you're playing with stakes that high and money that high, there's there's risk to your career, etc. Mm-hmm. But also, like, if you're at that level, you know enough people and are privileged enough to like, you're gonna you're you're likely gonna be fine. Yeah, and also those types of movies, yes, people work very hard on them, but they are not hard to make. No, you know what I mean? No, like, yeah, I, all the pieces are in place. You, you have everything you, you need. You have resources, you have departments, you have department heads, and you have a budget. Like, if you have a studio P&A budget, I don't really have sympathy for your movie. Right. Like, you, your movie now has to earn my love. Yes, and I will shit-talk you if it yeah, does not. I'm not going to feel guilty shit-talking a movie that was released by a major studio. I'm sorry. This is made by people whose job it is to make movies. I understand there might be, like, an implication here about the commodification of art that we could have a discussion about, but, like... That's a separate discussion. That's a separate discussion. You, Your job is to make a movie. Your job is to make a good movie. You have all the resources to do it. Yes, the studio system fucks it up a lot. You get people in studios that meddle with things and ruin things, and it's, you know, you've heard stories about it. Let me just tell you, likely... The stories you've heard about it are tame, listener, by comparison to the reality. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it is cartoonish sometimes, the shit that happens. But, like, it's still, like, you're putting out a product that I'm going to a theater to pay for, presumably, or renting online, or whatever, or, you know, or a streaming service that apparently makes money by magic is <laughs> is going to, like, put your movie in, in front of eyeballs. Like, I'm not going to feel guilty talking shit if you delivered a bad product. Well, and not only that, but I'm just way less forgiving of you fucking up. Yeah, ex- exactly, you know? because this is your job. This is your full-time job. You don't have another gig you got to get to. And people that are working with low budgets, typically, they have another job that they have to earn a living. Like, yes, we're all being crushed under capitalism, but some more so than others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those here's the thing. Vertical stack movies, movies that are made in regional scenes that aren't connected to the industries super well or that don't have you know a lot of resources or money for this kind of thing or a lot of like 
know-how, you know? People that didn't go to film school already don't have that privilege. And those movies are hard to make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because you have a lot of other things working against you and you have limitations. I mean, the irony is that in some ways they're probably more fun to make. <laughs> yeah, because the peop- everybody there wants to be there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But I'm way more forgiving of shortcomings in films like that because they're working against it, you know? They're doing things in spite of, not because of. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they don't have the resources. And they, you know, typically have other, like I said, they have other jobs. Sometimes it just comes down to that for me. Like, they, these people have other jobs. They don't just sit around all day trying to make movies. <laughs> and yet still they do. Yeah. So they, those are hard to make. And none of those movies are on the worst movies of the year list, you know, again, because nobody's talking about them. Well, and that's what our vertical stack is about, is about us giving attention to these movies that don't get talked about, but doing it in a way that's like, we want you to love these movies the way we love these movies. Yeah, and also, since we're in, it's Christmas, we're in the holidays, and in the spirit kind of in the of the last two episodes that we did, we want to welcome these movies into our place for Christmas. And, you know, hey, here, have some nog, have some cookies, have a seat by the fire, vertical stack movies. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, giving attention to movies that don't get a lot of it. And in a nice way. And so we're, I think, because these movies are rough around the edges. It is kind of, again, and this is where it gets problematic for me, is the idea of like, you know, I don't want to tell people, you got to be a little patient with vertical stack movies or more patient than you would, because it it feels like a dig. It feels like an insult or a backhanded compliment, if it's a compliment to to the vertical stack films. And that's when I kind of feel like, oh, am I part of the problem here by like separating this movie and saying you have to watch it with a different heart than other movies? But that's a good quality, right? Like encouraging compassion and empathy and like hesitation in people with their criticism. It's rich that I'm saying this, I'm sure. But like, it's the holidays. Don't you want to be warmer? (laughs) Right. And I don't think that's a dig to say that there are levels of craft in which you have to understand what went into the craft Mm -hmm. in order to appreciate what they were able to do with it. Yeah. You know, it's like fucking anything that Disney puts out, like I am going to be way fucking harsher with because they have everything at their their disposal. So like knowing that these are movies in which people are working against the grain that are working with very limited resources that are trying to make something out of very little, then of course they're going to be rough around their edges yeah. inherently. Yeah. And your average movie going persona yeah, is not going to take that into account. You're casual movie fan. Yes. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that aren't even casual movie fans that are like film enthusiasts, you know, cinema files, aficionados, who can't watch SOV movies? You get to give them an SOV horror movie, like a regional thing, and they're like, uh, I can't watch this. I don't know how, you know? SOV being shot on shot video. Shot on video, yeah. Which is its own aesthetic. And, you know, some of the, these films have a little more craft than others. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think I should feel bad. No. Because especially, too, when you, we're going to be talking about a movie here that, like, I went to its IMDb page and it's just like one rating, one star after one star after yeah, one people star. People are so people just mean being to mean these to movies. it. And it's like, dude, fuck off. <laughs> it's Christmas. Right? Be nice. Stop being so naughty. And again, it's me saying this. Like, I'll trash so many things, but I don't know. Some like Krampus the Christmas Devil. It's like, eh, I mean, I'm kind of just happy you went for something. Yeah. And they really went for something. <laughs> 
So in, you know, the Christmas spirit, because it is Christmas fucking day, and even if you don't celebrate it, you should know that people like to, you know, be jolly today. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) You about to go into some war on Christmas shit? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just saying that this is a day in which we're trying to spread some holiday joy and cheer, and we are celebrating movies that don't get celebrated enough. Yeah. So today... In our very vertical stack Christmas. We will be visited by three films. <laughs> three Christmas spirits. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Honestly, and they're all three, yeah, different holiday Christmas folklore characters. So we have Krampus, the Christmas devil from 2013. 13. Yep. Not Krampus 2015. No. And not, here's the thing about Krampus. Holy shit. That's a whole vertical stack subgenre. Yeah, there, there are, are a lot of them. There are so many Krampus movies. There's probably almost as many Krampus movies as there are Amityville movies at this point. There's well, a lot. We are not talking. I just want to be clear oh, about man. the like Michael Doherty's. Yeah, no, 2014. not the one you know. Yeah, that's not, not a vertical the Krampus st- you know. You <laughs> definitely don't know this Krampus. It's not a vertical stack movie. That yeah. one. Oh man, they should. Someone should do a Kramp- Amityville Krampus. Krampus Tville. I, that probably Krampus, exists. Crampityville. If, if that doesn't exist, it's in production currently. But for sure it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a movie called Amityville Karen, right? Yep. There's Krampus everything and there's Amityville everything. <laughs> yeah. And there's also Shark everything. So oh, yeah. it is a very short period of time from now before we will get the Amityville Krampus, Krampus shark, shark massacre. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for that. Okay. So it's Krampus the Christmas Devil from 2013. Uh-huh. Then we have Mrs. Claus from 2018. Yeah. And finally, Santa Isn't Real from 2023. Yeah. This year. This year. Brand just, like new. literally just came out. Just came out. So if you want to watch any of these before you listen, so you avoid spoilers. Maybe, because, yeah, we're going to spoil We're everything. definitely going to spoil everything. Krampus the Christmas Devil is on the Roku channel. And, and so is Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus is also on the Roku channel. And then Santa Isn't Real, you can rent. It's yes. not available on any of the streamers, but you can rent Yet. it but from it is like on Prime Video. Yeah, it's available VOD. VOD. VOD, baby. And I recommend it. Mm-hmm. I'll get that out of the way. I, I really like that movie a lot. And for the other two, uh, the Roku channel is free. Yeah. So so what's your fucking excuse? Yeah, you watch, don't have Watch these goddamn movies. Uh, and we, have, we chose them all for different reasons. Krampus the Christmas Devil... I mean, we're going to start with that one. So, so Krampus the Christmas Devil was a was one of the DVDs that I found in a Goodwill <laughs> that ended up in the in the, the actual, actual physical vertical stack. Yeah, it's the only movie we're watching that was actually physically in the vertical stack. Yes, and Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus, I I donated to the in the crowdfunding campaign for that filmmaker's new film because. Brandon Paris Sanchez from Death Drop Gorgeous is going to be in it. And he posted the crowdfunding campaign. So I donated to it and saw that that filmmaker had made this other movie called Stirring originally. Yes. But it was renamed and cut a little bit and released by a distributor under the title Mrs. Claus. But I, I was like, oh, I've donated to this crowdfunding campaign. Now I want to see this movie this this person made. So that's, that's how I found out about that one. And then Santa Isn't Real I saw at... 
Nightmares Film Festival in in Columbus, Ohio, in October, and met the filmmaker and was like, "Yeah, this this is this qualifies." And then you were like, "Philip, you have to watch this yeah, movie." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, San, you seeing San isn't real at that film festival is what made you come up with this concept. Oh shit! Yeah, it is. It's it's well, it's because I was rethinking the vertical stack concept and thinking about Santa isn't real and then thinking about Mrs. Claus and and then wanting to come up with a reason to make me watch Santa isn't real which <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, but be, we'll start with our earliest released film, 2013 Krampus the Christmas Devil. So just again, we're just going to give a summary of each of the films and we will be spoiling them, so if you are going to watch them, go watch them now. Yeah. So Krampus the Christmas Devil follows the story well let's just say it's it's Ooh, a boy. film about trauma heads up this <laughs> is the most vertical stack of these movies yes this movie at times looks like it was a class project for a high school av class and yeah it's it's very rough around yeah. the edges yeah. but it's god it's such a weird plot. It's so weird. So if you were to take this idea, you right, like it starts with the the myth of Krampus, that he is the Christmas devil. He is Santa's, Saint Santa's Nick's brother. Santa's evil brother. Who Santa just gives like the naughtiest of the naughty kids, like the list to Krampus and Krampus goes and drags them to hell. Yeah. Right? Okay, so you have that as a starting point. <laughs> and then what you get is like this like cop drama. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. There's like... um. Yeah, there's a lot of trauma in it. Uh, this cop, our lead, Jeremy. Duff. Who, Jeremy, Jeremy Duffin. Du- Jeremy Duffin. Duff. <laughs> Duff. The Duff. The Duff. <laughs> By the way, we so we first we get this little voiceover prologue. We see Krampus taking a child named Jeremy, crossing his name off his list. He's in a bag. He dumps the bag in a pond mm-hmm. to drown him and walks away. And Jeremy escapes. Which is like, okay, Krampus, you're bad at your job here. Well, we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah, we will. So he escapes. And then I love the reveal when he wakes up. And it's just like after he's like traumatized and his parents are like, Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. And then he wakes up. No transition, no dissolve. Just he wakes up in bed. And that's how we know it's later. And wow, Jeremy got hot. He he is a very hot yeah. adult. He he comes uh, into the movie and I'm like, oh wow! And then you find out he's a cop, and it's like, mm, mm, he's still hot. Yeah. But. So yeah, Jeremy's a cop. He's got this trauma from being abducted as a kid. Also, his dad is dead. Yeah, which who was also a cop. Yeah, and there was some thing. There's yeah. there's some incident about his dad and the police force, and yeah. it's kind of unclear. Yeah, there's a lot that's unclear. The movie as it plays out basically is just then this cop thing of him. A g- <laughs> there's so much plotting because there's yeah. another character named Brian Hatt who's played by a guy I know. Really? A guy you I've know met, Brian Hatt? Bill Bill Oberst Jr. Who's in, by the way, he's in a lot of vertical stack movies, this okay. guy. So, okay. Jeremy Duffin, the Duff. <laughs> Sorry, the Duff. He, he, the Duff he, he's, he's married. He the has Duffinator. a teenage daughter. He... <laughs> We will get into it. Oh, man. <laughs> what the fuck? This, there's so much going on in this goddamn movie. So the, the two main uh, initial plot threads are, first, he is in the middle of investigating this string of children, child disappearances. Child disappearances, yeah. In the area. And he's narrowed it down based on where the disappearances occurred to a certain geographical point. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, somebody that Jeremy the Duff put away years ago managed to get out of prison on a technicality and 
no, and Jeremy knows that he's coming for him. This is yeah. Brian Hat. Brian Hat, the armed robber, kidnapper, and rapist. Rapist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not, not a good dude. Very no. naughty. Naughty old man. Super naughty. Oh, and then the th- obvious third thing we have is that Santa Saint Nick is giving his brother Krampus the list, the current list of the naughtiest children to go punish the kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I just love that it's like this fucking copaganda, like almost like prisoners. <laughs> Dennis. Villeneuve's prisoners of like this cop investigating these child disappearances or child murders or whatever and he finds this pattern you know and he's got his cop buddies he's going to search with Mm -hmm. and his captain and his trauma and his suicidal ideation and all of that stuff going on but then also (laughs) we get scenes of Santa and Krampus hanging out yeah having conversations (laughs) they're almost (laughs) you know what they're like they're like Leatherface and the Hitchhiker and or Chop Top from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2. I'd say that Santa's more of a cook. Yeah, he's more like the cook, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. They're brothers, but he... Like, Santa's Santa's the bossy older brother, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, God, he's an asshole. But Krampus is 100% the leather, leather face. face. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, Santa's an asshole, Santa's sure. such a piece of shit in this movie, by the way. <laughs> Wow, what a fucking monster this guy is. Yeah. And can I just say, I feel like the dynamic between them says a lot. Yeah. That I think that Krampus isn't actually this like evil, worldwide, devilish figure. I think that Krampus is just kind of like the like Leatherface style younger brother that Santa just needs to keep busy. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't think there's any magic involved. I think it's just these two fucking lunatics out in the rural Pennsylvania Oh, you don't even woods. think they're actually Krampus no, and Santa? it's Santa Claus. It's just these <laughs> nutcases. But even if they were these mythological figures, like Santa's actually doing the Santa job. But so there's this moment at the beginning where Jeremy is pointing out this like missing children's map and is saying there's like it's like geographically focused all over the yeah, US. Yeah. But it's it's with these gaps of 10 years from yeah, each. So like this film takes place in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And the disappearances haven't occurred for 10 years, which means that Krampus isn't just going around the world doing this for Santa for all naughty kids. He's just being sent to one area every so often yeah. to just do the like a couple naughty kids in that area. Like he's literally being just kept busy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the black kind sheep of, of the Claus family. Yeah. They're like, we need him out of our hair for the holidays. <laughs> we can't give him any real responsibility in the company. <laughs> right. Well, he even like Sandy, even their first meeting, he takes a couple names off the list. He literally Krampus's job is literally two kids. Oh, there's so much fudging <laughs> the list going on. Oh yeah. He, I they mean, get a kid and let him go. That one kid is, yeah, here's the thing. You're right. You can't, it's not believable. If this is an industry, you know, and this is an, an organization or a company, Krampus either has no supervisor or yeah, he's just the, the useless guy in the family that's given this cushy job that's like, eh, you, you can act like you're helping, I guess. Like, nobody likes him. They don't take him seriously because the fucking opening scene of the movie is Jeremy escaping with Krampus standing right there. Yeah, right. He's just not looking in the right direction. <laughs> Which, that's not the first and last time that happened to Krampus, for sure. No, he fucks up so much. He's bad at the job. He sucks at his job, which is why I don't believe it's a job. No, yeah, you're right, yeah. So anyway, Jeremy recruits his his two cop buddies, Bob Norris and John Walker. Bob Norris and John... By the way, Bob Norris, that actor, Jay Dobbins, you want an interesting Wikipedia article? That dude. Why? He's an actual former federal agent who was undercover with the Hells Angels. Before that, he was a college football star. 
after that, he was a fucking whistleblower on the ATF. Like, he had like a controversial court case with the federal government over over some shit that happened when he was an ATF agent. Why does this all feel so Pennsylvania? Right? <laughs> he, but he's, he's from Arizona. Uh, I just mean like the fact that, that, that he would be in this movie. Yeah. It was oh, very Pennsylvania. It's very fascinating. He's such a... Also, all these guys, you're like, who did they vote for? <laughs> Let's not ask them. No, let's not. No, we no. don't need that kind of energy I don't want, here. I don't want. Jay, I don't want Dobbins coming for me. <laughs> that dude. I feel like he might actually murder me. So let me just say, I love his performance in the movie. <laughs> so they form a little SWAT team. Yeah, and they stumble across Krampus's lair, and the two of them die. Jeremy gets captured. Krampus has a chain. He knocks him out with a chain, takes him to his lair. Yeah, where there is a There's woman. A topless woman. Chained just up. Just her underwear chained up. So you learn that Krampus is also... Oh, he's a rapist. Yeah, he yeah, is a sure. predator. Yeah. Because Santa comes in and lets the woman go and tells Krampus playtime was two days yeah, ago. Yeah, he's like, he's not mad at Krampus for having a woman chained to a, a wall in a cave, mostly naked, clearly for his own sexual gratification. That's not what Santa's upset about. No. Santa's upset that he's not got his eye on the job. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, what determines naughty and nice for this Santa? I mean, look, it seems to be all over the place. Yeah, I and, think it's it's very arbitrary. Yeah. And Santa's weird to that woman. Yeah. Like, is Santa kind of, in this movie, like the Illuminati, is he just like killing kids to control like the global... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's definitely likes, economy. he definitely likes kids being murdered. He does very much enjoy kids being murdered, but yeah. he also, I honestly think it's more terrorizing kids because he's happy to let that Sean oh, yeah. kid go. Yeah. I, well, also, I think Sean, he, he just recognizes a fellow psychopath in Sean. Right. When he's yeah. Like, when Because you find out Sean was torturing animals uh, and that's why he's naughty. That's why he's, and he's, <laughs> he's like, I should fucking kill you right now. When, for, when Krampus first takes Sean, I don't understand it because they show Sean, he gets mad at Monopoly and flips the board. Yeah, but that bitch was cheating. But it's all, yeah, and also like, have you played Monopoly? Yeah, anybody who hasn't flipped a Monopoly board has the patience of a fucking saint. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not, that's not naughty, nice territory. You can't judge off that. Especially when you catch somebody pilfering from the bank. Yeah. Yeah, that's a flippable offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But then Sean walks the girl home. He walks his friend Holding home. Holding her hand. That's a nice thing. That's not naughty. That's yeah. nice. What the fuck? But he's already on the list. Yeah, he's torturing animals. Yeah. The guy that plays Santa Claus, by the way, was a, another ex-cop, which is... <laughs> I have complicated feelings about this movie, but we'll get into them it's later. It's a complicated movie. So after Jeremy's friends get killed... He tries to get more cops. He goes back to the station... The, his oh, boss is like, "Give me your badge and your gun." Which you lost your mind. Oh, because he's like, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's falling like, apart we have a to get bit. more people and go back. We shot at him and he didn't die, you know. Yeah, and so then he goes to the bar and gets drunk and gets attacked by a bunch of other other cops, cops who are mad because Jeremy's gotten four cops killed now. I guess, including this is where you get the idea that his father might be one of them. Yeah, there's like a backstory here. Yeah, and so then it becomes a little bit of a cop civil war at this bar. Yeah, which is like, hey, fuck yeah, I'm tiny, any. You know, let them fight. <laughs> yeah, Krampus the Christmas Devil, cop civil war. Yeah. So you have this scene where like the two older cops, the chief and the retired one who's now a bartender and Jeremy are up against the like asshole cops who are blaming yeah. Jeremy. What, what, you know what? Who cares? Yeah, you didn't have to say asshole. Cops works. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what? That is a whole subplot that's about like 20 minutes of this movie that like doesn't really inform the rest of it. Like it's like its own side movie, the cop civil war. Yeah, man, there there are so many subplots and so many little things going on. But you know why it's important is because this is what Jeremy's distracted with while Brian Hatt, who, hey, you probably forgot about. Oh, yeah, did we you did. We did, yeah. <laughs> but he just shows up and breaks into Jeremy's house. Yep. Takes his wife and daughter hostage. With By the way, two of his friends. With two of his friends, who also, they were at January 6th, <laughs> for sure. And also at this point, we have learned that Jeremy's daughter is the is top of Santa's naughty list. Because she's not all of the kids that are disappearing are because of Krampus and Santa. Yeah. Some she's of them are being murderer. murdered. And it's his daughter that's doing it? Yep. So here's where the generational trauma comes into play. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. That, that Heather Duffin, Jeremy's daughter. We don't get a lot of her. You know what I mean? Right. There's only like two or three scenes with her. And there's not a lot of development going on with her character. Like, we don't learn a lot of information about her other, other than, than she's that psychotic. she's murdering children. Yeah. So when these these when Brian Hatt and his goons break into this house and tie up her mother, Jeremy's wife, she lures one of them to her room and then stabs him to death. Yeah. And is clearly having a good time with it. Oh, she's really loving it. Yeah. It's a great so, Christmas Eve for her. So like Santa wasn't really wrong with this one. No. Yeah. Like she kind of seems unfixable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put her in a bag and throw her in a body of water. <laughs> Only do your job this time. Yeah. Dude, tie the bag shut. Stand there and watch the <laughs> yeah. bubbles stop coming. Jesus, it's not that hard to do. bring a podcast to listen to. Right, right. Bring a book. Krampus is so lazy. Smoke a cigarette. One American spirit, and it's over. Come yeah, on, right? <laughs> Which, like, I'm sorry. Do you have something better to do? Yeah. Krampus only has till midnight on Wandering December 25th. Wandering around in your fucking Slipknot mask, Jesus. So Brian Hat is messing with his wife, and Jeremy is on his way home. <laughs> Meanwhile. Heather, the daughter, breaks free and gets outside, and that's when Krampus gets Brian Hat. So yeah, Brian Hat goes out to get the daughter, runs into Krampus. Krampus kills him for being naughty, which like, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, he, he's you're not a little, wrong. You're a little fucking late on that one. <laughs> How did Brian Hat slip through the cracks when he was younger? Is right. my question. And this is why I feel like Santa's list is bullshit, is because a lot of psychos slip through the cracks. So like, this feels very. Like Santa's manipulating Krampus. Santa has his own agenda. Yeah, you know. This is why I think also, you know, I mean, I'll probably have to watch the movie again with a keener eye to see if there's any supernatural shit actually going on. But this is probably also why I'm just kind of like, yeah, they're just two weird dudes. <laughs> so Krampus kills Brian Hat. Jeremy finds Heather, his daughter, brings her inside. He kills the third henchman. Yeah. Pretty unceremoniously. Unties his yeah. wife. And then Krampus bursts in. And knocks him out? Knocks him out. Kills his wife. Takes his daughter. Takes Heather. Yeah. And that's where the movie ends. And Jer- well, no. J- Jeremy wakes up. Well, yeah. I mean, he gets to discover the fact that his wife is dead. Which, by the way, he's more concerned with his wife being dead than his daughter being missing. Which, oh, Sure. You know what? I don't know what yeah, Jeremy's I mean, he, priorities. I don't think he likes his daughter very much. Well, she's psychotic. She's murdering other children. Yeah, and I think know? he probably which subconsciously is, knew that. Which is also like, Jeremy, you're a bad detective. Right? This Literally, his job <laughs> was figuring out what was happening to these kids. <laughs> it's your he own has a fucking whole, daughter. He has a whole one of those boards of yeah. like all these faces and pins I really lo- and stuff. I did really love that shot, by the way. It's one of the times in the movie where one of the shots 
that like stood out to me was that board of the maps with the photos and the missing posters and then him standing up into the frame I thought was really cool. But uh, yeah, so he, he wakes up, his daughter's gone, and then the last shot is of Heather tied up in Krampus's lair as Krampus is walking towards her, which is like, oh, God yeah, damn it. Yeah, this is like... Ooh. We know where this is going because of a previous scene. Where right. You don't... I want to be clear. There's no sexual assault actually depicted. It's just insinuated and... Santa lets that woman go afterwards. Right. But it's real gross. It's real gross. And that's the last shot of the movie. And then it cuts into this fucking new metal Christmas song about Krampus and Santa Claus. Yeah. And then there's blooper reels. And you're Which, like, like, why are you doing? Like, the movie ends with the implication of uh, the rape of a minor. And then let's move on to bloopers. It's so weird. It's so The bizarre. bloopers choice is so strange. Yeah. So, you know, and this is the case where the ideology of this film and the complicated fucking, like, messages it has. You know what? It, it... I hesitate to put messaging on this movie because I don't think this movie put messaging on itself. Yeah. It, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. And there's stuff in it where I'm like, is this a satire of propaganda? I don't think it is because it doesn't seem to be super deliberate. But like, it's like there's bloopers in a new metal song after that last shot. And you're like, oh, they just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, I needed to sit with that for a minute. <laughs> Do you guys mind? Yeah. Can you take your chatter you elsewhere? Me. But it's almost like when Wes Craven in Last House on the Left puts that... The Keystone Cops the key, stuff? The music in with the <laughs> cops as like, because he thought he was breaking the tension. And it just feels inappropriate in the movie. Right. But that was him trying to be like, you know, as a younger, less experienced filmmaker, trying to be like, no, you don't have to take it so seriously. So maybe that's what they were going for with it is like, yeah, that's fucked up. And there's some fucked up stuff in this movie. But hey, don't take it seriously. It's just yeah. a movie. We're just a bunch of goofballs in Pennsylvania. And here's us goofing around. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But that's the movie. It's weird. Do I recommend it? That's a complicated uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> no. I don't, if, if everything we just told you sounds like something you're interested in watching yeah you know like take an edible yeah. sit down on the couch make a comfort space for yourself and give it a go don't take it too seriously yeah don't yeah but it, this movie makes it hard not to this it movie yeah god jeremy duffin is so fucking serious i love when he opens up his glove compartment and it's just pills <laughs> And booze. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what he has. The death metal Krampus car attack daydream. Yep. Or when he plays Russian roulette. Oh, yeah. When he puts the gun under his neck. I love... With himself. His he chin. plays Russian yeah. roulette with himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's how fucking serious Jeremy Duffin is. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's got some shit going on that he needs to deal with. Yeah, yeah. He is not doing okay. It is no wonder his daughter turned out to be a psychopath. <laughs> You know what, though? There is a really interesting inversion of that idea of like, because, you know, look, hurt people, hurt people is one thing. That's one concept. But there is this dangerous myth that survivors grow up to become abusers. And it's a dangerous myth. And it's yes. not supported by data. And there is like a fun inversion of that in this movie with Bill Oberst Jr. with Brian Hatt. When he's like got his wife tied up, oh, it's like, yeah. do you know what it feels like? Describes this harrowing abuse scenario that he suffered as a child. Like, do you know what it feels like to do this and this and this? And then he goes, neither do I, because yeah. I just made all this shit up. <laughs> that is great. It's so good. That is so good. Yeah. He's so creepy. So yeah, that is Krampus the Christmas Devil. Yeah. So let's move on to Mrs. Claus, 2018. AKA Stirring. And this movie is 
about generational trauma. (laughs) (laughs) All of these movies are about, well, no, Santa isn't real isn't really about generational trauma. Um, I'm going to argue it when we get there, but we're not there yet. So we are at the sorority, Delta Sigma Sigma, where a hazing ritual is going on in which Amber, as the head of the sorority, the sorority president, what do you call that person? Let's just call her sorority president. Whatever. She's in charge. She is in charge of Delta Sigma Sigma, and she is busy making Angela lick toilet water from the toilet bowl as part of her initiation ritual. And after she's done with that, she thinks it's over, but oh no. (laughs) Oh God. Oh no. So yes. (laughs) Speaking of transgressive. So then good old Amber hands Angela a dildo. A dildo. And says... One of two dildos we'll be talking about today. Y- yeah, yeah. The f- <laughs> really quick, by the way, this movie and the next movie we're going to talk about are j- essentially just straight ahead first wave slasher throwbacks. There's nothing as messy as Krampus the Christmas Devil, which I don't know how the fuck to categorize that film. But no, this, is it's, a, it's, this is a slasher Krampus movie. the Christmas Devil is its own thing. Yeah. <laughs> the next two are a little more straightforward in yeah. their plot. Yeah. So Amber makes Angela use the dildo on herself in front of her and two other sorority sisters. In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Yeah. And that's her initiation. Oh, Jesus. Later that night at the Christmas party. We don't the- see it, by no. the way. I don't... <laughs> No, anyone to- no, the film doesn't go that far, but it's, I mean, that's what happens. Yeah. Later that night at Delta Sigma Sigma's Christmas party, oh, they're all giving gifts, you know, opening their gifts to each other. And first, Amber opens hers from Angela, and it is a bracelet, which Amber likes. Amber actually likes this she fucking does, bracelet, yeah. but then chooses to attack her over the card because the card says happy holidays, uh, and yeah, she goes she, off on her, she and does she's a like- war on Christmas, Fox News shit. Yeah, she, I mean, she's like- we don't celebrate Hanukkah or Quanga or any of those other stupid made-up holidays. So already we know who Amber is. Yeah, Amber sucks. Yeah. So what a, what is about to happen to Amber is deserved. Oh, yeah. So then Amber gives Angela her present, and it is the, the dildo. dildo. Yeah, it is the dildo. Yeah, I mean, first of all, is that technically regifting? <laughs> well, it's a. I mean, it's like that's when I was a it's kid. Used, and I, yeah. It's but it's like when I would like take one of my mom's coffee mugs she already had and wrap it. And see, that's it not her. regifting. Regifting is taking a gift that was given to you and giving, and giving it, to it to somebody else. Somebody else, yeah. Th- is, that's a whole other thing. Just taking something that is already somebody's and gifting it back to them. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty sure Angela claimed that dildo. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's her dildo now. Yeah. You can't gift it to her. Yeah, you can't just give that back to yeah. her. But Amber does. Rude. Rude. And Angela doesn't take it very well. Oh, you think? I wonder why. <laughs> so that night, she sneaks into Amber's room, shoves the dildo down her throat and stabs her to death, and then goes outside and hangs herself. Yeah, and wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Yeah. It, wow. A lot happens in a very short time. Yeah. <laughs> and the murder scene of Angela, like the, the foley on it, the like sound on it. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. yeah. And then Just the even sh- the gagging on the dildo yeah. is like, yeah. is like hard to hear. And it's like, we see that stabbing. Uh, and then the hanging scene. Oh my God, that, that shot. shot. Wow. Yeah. 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 That shot of her hanging herself is, it's haunting. It really is. It's really fucking rough and like, I don't know. Beautiful in horrifying, yeah, yeah. Yeah. beautiful, honestly, in like a horrifying way, which I I always love in a horror movie. Yep. So we fast forward 10 years. Amber's sister Danielle has now (laughs) pledged the sorority and is a part of it. 
And she is joined by sorority sisters Kayla, who's a regular Rachel Ray. She seems to be the new sorority oh, boss. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Kayla. We'll talk about Kayla. Danielle's best friend in the sorority is Monica. And then we have just, you know, honestly, at this point, we're kind of getting a black Christmas situation. So it's like the beginning of the holiday season. People are leaving for the holidays. This sorority has kind of is recovering 10 years later from this horrible massacre. So they're going to try to throw this Christmas party again. But it's, you know, not going to be very well attended. Poor Kayla is warned of that over and over again. And so you, you know, you spend a little time getting to know these people. Like, for example, why Danielle would be at this fucking sorority. Which, honestly, her defense of herself to Monica makes me dislike her. Yeah. Because she's basically saying nothing Amber did was wrong. Yeah, she's shitty. Yeah, she is an apologist. Yeah. So, and then you also have the men of the film. You have Kyle is Kayla's brother and also Danielle's boyfriend. He's kind of the nerdy one. And then you have the kind of uh, frat bros. You have Grant and Jake. Jake's the hot stoner one. Grant's just the dude bro. And then finally you have the, you know, the gay one. (laughs) Um, I love him. Tyler. Tyler. Who has a podcast in which he seems to just be talking shit about sororities and fraternities. Like yeah, his whole purpose his is whole just like is... being anti. And then he's at the party. Yeah. Which is like the whole time I'm like, why are you here? I mean, they, they kind of cover it in dialogue a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's he's there just because there's nobody else at the college. Like they're all the only people there for Christmas break. That You do you get know? the sense of that. Yeah. And and basically, so. Which um, I, I always love that. And it, like that's holiday slashers. So easy to set them at a college because of that. Right. And and basically, so Brink Stevens, uh, <laughs> yeah. Slumber Party Massacre's Brink Stevens plays campus security, Cornell, Officer Cornell. Yep. And she basically says as much when she comes to the party. She's like, you're all that's here. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. everybody else is gone. So you, I'm not going to get super into it. Like this, there's a killer picking people off one by one. And it is very Black Christmas, right? So you have like the girl, Sophie, who's about to leave for Christmas break and she's like telling everybody she's leaving and then the killer kills her. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, like the mother calling being like, she never came home. Where yeah, is she? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of Black Christmas in this movie. And then the like, Kayla's assistant who doesn't do shit, Madison, who just sits on the couch the whole movie. Oh, like yeah. she literally, you never they, see her off that couch and, except when she dies. do stuff and she's like, eh, I'll do it later. I'm watching TV. Yeah. So she dies. Yep. So people are getting picked off one by one by somebody wearing a Mrs. Claus outfit, but with a rotting hag mask. Yeah, it's like it's like the mask and curtains, but Christmas. Yeah. So before this party kicks off, you have Angela, the pledge that, you know, killed and then killed herself. The murder suey from 10 years ago. <laughs> the murder suey. <laughs> she, her mother shows up at the sorority Mrs. Yeah. Warner oh. to berate the girls and specifically Real berate Pamela Voorhees, this woman. Yeah, right. Like from the get go, like yeah. shows up on the scene, like within the first 20, 30 minutes and is like, she's saying crazy Ralph shit. Yeah. But like in a Pamela Voorhees yeah. style. <laughs> She, she's crazy Ralph Voorhees. Yeah. She basically, you know, confronts Danielle and says that like her sister ruined or kill, killed her daughter, like caused yeah. her daughter to kill herself and that she got what was coming to her. Yeah, and you shouldn't be here. Yeah, and that you're fucked up for pledging this sorority. Which, which isn't yeah, necessarily off base. No, I mean like I'm I'm not on <laughs> Mrs. Warner's side, but like that statement rings true. Yeah. Why are you here? Why are you doing this to yourself, <laughs> honey? Yeah. So then the party happens. We have 
all of the characters I've already mentioned. So we have Danielle, you know, yeah. and her boyfriend, Kyle, his sister, who's kind of the head of the sorority, Kayla, uh, Danielle's best friend, Monica. We have the two frat bros, the stoner Jake and the frat bro Grant. And then we have some random blonde chick who I only know from the subtitles is named Alexandria. Oh, yeah. That random girl who just shows up, who I love. Yeah. And Tyler, the gay dude. Yeah. The gay podcaster. Who I love. Because he's us. <laughs> yeah, I love him. <laughs> you do know that I'm gay, right? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, like Monica oh, has a scene Monica, with, with I... him. So cute. Where yeah. she's like, they're having this like heart to heart and like they're getting like really close. And then she goes to kiss him and he's like, you do know I'm gay. And oh, it's so oh. cute. And she's just like so embarrassed. Yeah. And he's, but, he's trying to be like, no, 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 but it's okay. Like, yeah. it's fine. You and, don't have to feel weird about this. And when she walks away, he's like, you should be on my podcast. And then yeah. he starts making notes on his phone about what she can do on the podcast. Yep. And then it was just, like, texts her and, been, like, and says, like, you should come back out and hang out with me. And then. And then gets killed. And then gets killed. Yeah. Also, Jake, the stoner, the hot stoner, takes Alexandria outside to uh, smoke pot yeah. after Tyler gets killed. Yeah. And they have a really cute scene. They do too. Yeah. They have this whole thing where like, she's like trying to hit on him and he's like, that was a one-time thing. Yeah. And they've hooked up before. Yeah. And she's still into him. And she's like, I, you know, I compare every guy to you. I don't know if I can just be friends. Yeah. And like, you could, I don't know. I, I love that scene so yeah. much because you can just feel it between it them. Feels, it feels very real it's, yeah. and it's very natural. And then they have this like hug where yeah. it's like this, it, it's this interrupted moment where they're hugging and you can tell that like both of them, like he's kind of like, well, do I just do it again? And yeah, why you know, not? It's like, a party. It's Christmas. Who and cares? she's yeah. like, I don't know. I just want this. Yeah. And like they're, I don't know. I just fucking feel that moment so bad. And then suddenly like, oh, double kill. Oh yeah. Double impalement, right? Through, Through the, the neck. Head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Monica goes out to find Tyler and she gets beheaded. Yeah. And then rent a cop. Oh, yeah. Officer Cornell shows up and takes Grant, sends Grant to her car to give him a ride home and he gets killed in the car. Yep. Waiting for her. Yep. And then uh, Officer Cornell disappears. <laughs> and then Danielle and Kyle go upstairs to try to find what happened to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then Kayla gets killed while she's downstairs by herself. Yeah. And then we have the killer reveal. And it's not a surprise. No, it is Mrs. Warner. <laughs> it's Mrs. Warner. Who, big surprise, she's killing everybody because her daughter, you know, had a bad time. <laughs> this sorority. But then. Oh, then we get a second killer reveal. Double twist. Yeah. Officer Cornell is actually Mrs. Warner's sister. Oh, shit. Who has been helping her all along. Yep. And then she kills Mrs. Warner. <laughs> She's like, I wanted to help my sister get her revenge. And now I did. So fuck it. Yeah. Before she leaves this earth or something yeah. weird like that. Like her yeah. last, her line before killing her sister is, yeah, is so it's weird. Something I love the rationale behind it is something like to put her at peace. Like, yeah, before she dies. Before and then she kills her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I always love a good uh, killer betrays other killer bit. Yeah. So then you have a very, very short final yeah. like, I mean, it's, thing. It's boilerplate slasher shit. And, and Officer Cornell is not very smart with how she tries to enact her final revenge. She doesn't even bother tying up Danielle. <laughs> she just is like laying her on a bed and is about to chop her in half. So she's all shocked when Danielle just rolls off the bed. <laughs> Trying to get away? Neck. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, um, Cornell gets killed. 
Kyle had been stabbed earlier, but he survives. Yeah. And then you flash forward a year later, they're alive. And she's still in the sorority she's still house. There, I, which is like, oh, okay. And then you're what are you, who like, are you trying to prove it to now? But Oh, but the lesson she learned is like, oh, I'm just not staying here for the holidays. I'm going <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, that's her whole thing is I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving for the holidays, so nothing bad will happen to Oh, me. they choose Vegas because it's the least Christmassy yeah. place. Which I don't know if I, I agree with that. I don't know if I that. agree with that, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the end of that. And then she's in the car about to leave and Mrs. Claus pops back up. Guess what, bitch? And who knows who that is? I just, I just, I hope it's, I don't know, another sister of somebody. Yeah, a third sister. <laughs> this is like a scream style situation yeah. where it's just like yeah. family dynasties of murders. Uh, yeah. So that's Mrs. That's Claus. That's Mrs. Claus. And that brings us to Santa Isn't Real from 2023. Uh, again, it's another pretty straightforward slasher but is it, it i don't not. know if i would use the word straightforward isn't. for this it actually isn't and i will say this this is my second time seeing it and i liked it the first time i saw it i liked it even more the second time and i do feel like this is gonna become maybe a yearly watch for me i could easily see that there's a lot to love in it mm-hmm. and yeah it's not it's very familiar but it's maybe not so straightforward so yeah it's our lead nikki has been... Let's put that lead in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she kind of vanishes for a while. So, but it begins with Nikki, Christmas Eve. Listening to an amazing song. <laughs> listening to a great song, drinking wine, not taking her meds, not specifically not taking her Zoloft, getting a text from her boyfriend, Nate. Nathan. Nathan. Nate, Nathan, yeah. Who's come over and unwrap my package. Yep. Calls her penguin. Calls her penguin, yep. And then, uh uh-oh, Santa Claus comes to the chimney. Literally. Literally. Down the chimney. Down the chimney, grabs a knife, cuts her arm. Wrist, specifically. Yeah. And then uh, stares at her and then pieces out. One year later, she wakes up in the hospital. It was a coma. That she just woke up from. That she just woke up from on Christmas Eve. (laughs) The doctor is pretty clearly saying there was a suicide attempt. I mean, everybody believes everybody that. Everybody believes that. Also, I think it's the 23rd. I think they say, like, tomorrow's That's Christmas right, Eve. That's right, because she gets out of the hospital, and then her friends come over, and it's Nathan and Jess. Uh, yeah, Nathan, Jess, her, her best friend. Nathan, her, Nathan, her boyfriend. boyfriend. I mean, uh, you've been out for a year, lady. You should maybe stop and catch up with everybody before you start making plans. Yeah, also, though, that's kind of on them. Like, from the minute Nathan and Jess walk into that hospital room, I was like, okay, you two have something you need to say. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's clear to the viewer immediately. Yeah. But whatever. We can have this conversation later. Okay, you're right. What you're happens right. next is they go to their friend MJ's family's cabin out in the mountains. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Because, you know, first of all, Nikki's been in a coma for a year. She doesn't want to spend it with her family. Yeah. She needs to get out of town. I can relate. Yeah, legit. And she thinks like, because, you know, she just fell asleep and woke back up. She thinks that everything's <laughs> it's just Christmas. fine. It's basically yeah. just still Christmas Eve <laughs> for her. So yeah, they go to MJ's cabin. MJ, my new favorite person of oh, the year. Oh, they're great. So yeah, you have this this cabin setting where the four of them are going to be spending Christmas. Yeah. And hey, there you go. There's your single location in a remote area, small cast horror movie set up. So we know a little bit about Nikki. Let's just say a couple things about the others. Other than the fact that Jess and Nathan are clearly hooking up. Yeah. Which, that's not cheating. 
I don't I, like. I, I don't think so either. We'll get into the details of this yeah. later, but like this, the fact that they're hooking up is not the problem. It's the fact that they're hiding it from Nikki. Yeah. So Nathan, Jess is like an uber Christian. Nathan is Jewish. Why they decide this is a good idea to all go to this cabin together and not tell Nikki yeah. the fact that they're hooking up well, is beyond it's a me. Fair, look, it is a very messy situation. It's so messy. From their perspective, Nikki tried to kill herself on Christmas Eve. And has been in a coma for a year. In a coma for a year. Which is why I don't blame their actions prior to her waking up. Yeah, it, it is that one of those things where, you know, you're sure they said they were going to tell her. And I know, and I believe that they meant that. Mm-hmm. But then you get in the situation that's a little more difficult. I can understand that. I'm not necessarily, I mean, I'm going to say you kind of just got to sit in that discomfort and get over it and then do the right thing. Right. But it's, I'm not necessarily going to judge them, really. Okay, we'll get into the judgment. It is stupid. Okay, because it doesn't. Here's the thing: it doesn't stay a secret for long, and Nikki does walk in on them, and that's the part where it's like, okay, well, now you're just fucking dumb. Yeah. Did you really think you were gonna fuck in this room with her in the cabin and get away with it? Well, and it's not even in like the afternoon. Yeah, like, the, Nikki went to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and like they go to fuck. And I, okay, and by the way, MJ, who is lesbian, they say gay. I feel like they're queer. You know, they're non-binary. Are they? They use... They use they, them? They use they, them. Okay. Or at least that's what Jess and Nathan use they, them about them Oh, when I, they first talk about going to the okay. cabin. Okay, I totally did not pick up on that. Well, they, I don't think they do a lot of referring to them in the third person once they're all at the cabin, so I can see right. you losing track of it. Uh, in fact, I think I was only reminded of it because this was my second time seeing it. Gotcha. So the, MJ is queer and poly. Yes. And it has an OnlyFans. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they explicitly right. have an OnlyFans. <laughs> and they're because hot they, as fuck. And they're hot as fuck, and they get a dildo for Christmas. Yes. So there's our second dildo. So, yeah, Nikki wakes up from her nap, catches Nathan and Jess fucking. By the way, everyone in this movie is hot as fuck. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I needed to single yeah. out MJ. Other than the fact that MJ is a cream queen. Yeah, MJ maybe that's why is, I MJ is to... explicitly a cream yeah, queen. Yeah, for sure. for sure. So Nikki catches Jess and Nathan, you know, going at it. Mm-hmm. Nathan going down on her. Yes, let's be specific. And runs to MJ, who is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I love that when Nathan's like, you knew. What are you talking about? <laughs> and MJ's like, why would you do it here? <laughs> Yeah, which is fair. Fair. Fair point. Yeah. And Nikki is immediately just like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. She it's makes not a face. Fine. It's, not, it's fine. not fine. It's for sure not fine. Well, but because she's saying it's fine. Nikki immediately goes and calls her mom. And then, <laughs> wow, that conversation. Oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. So she, as Nikki explicitly says, her mother was her last tether to reality. So after her mother's hung up, after on her. her mother's hung up on her on the phone. So uh, Nikki's not doing well. Nope. But she goes out to the others who are all in their pajamas playing charades. And then they decide to do a secret Santa situation. They pass around some presents. MJ gets a dildo. Nikki gets a knife. <laughs> and the, this is the knife. The knife. The kitchen knife that was used to cut her. And this is after there's been a whole argument where Nikki has confessed that it was Santa Claus that attacked her and everyone else is understandably, uh, really? Are you sure about that? Uh, my favorite part about that dialogue, I love when when she's like, I, I didn't kill myself, I was attacked. And, and she's like, was it somebody that we know? And she says, <laughs> kind, kind of. of. 
<laughs> so that's great. There's already a running dial, a running argument here among these four people about whether or not we believe Santa Claus is real, which is fun. Yeah, and it continues. I love some yeah. of the dialogue there. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. so you, like, to Jess, who's Christian, like, you believe in Jesus, you believe yeah. in God, you believe in Satan, but <sighs> not Santa. Yeah. And that's in the scene where, too, MJ tells us that great story about their dad not being able to for Christmas presents one year, and it's almost, it's, but Santa was real. like And showed like up a, and left Christmas yeah. Christmas presents out of the tree, and it tore their family <laughs> apart. <laughs> Because the dad thought the mom was cheating. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like Phoebe Case's story in Gremlins. You right. Know? So there's also a snowstorm. It's fucking with the electricity. They, they call, can't go anywhere. Can't All go the anywhere. major roads, the roads are shut are closed. down. Nathan sees a person in a Santa costume snooping around. Jess and MJ have their thing. Nikki goes missing. Goes missing. There's weird altercations. There's a dead dog, which, by the way, I'm sorry I didn't warn you about yeah, that. Yeah, thanks, I completely asshole. forgot. At least. There was no on-screen death. Yeah. And at least I didn't have to hear the dog whimper the, death. The dog does not whimper. The yeah. dog does not cry. You do not see the dog in conflict with a person. No. So be warned, listener. Uh, there is a dog corpse, but there is no dog violence. <laughs> I love how we breeze over hundreds of people dying in <laughs> horrific ways we on just, this podcast. We just kind of... <laughs> jokingly referred to like sexual assault and captivity and child murder but but we we like pause to give a everybody moment. don't worry the dog murder isn't that bad yeah <laughs> yeah then uh mj is going to leave to go get the priest at the nearby church mm-hmm. encounters Santa. Santa. <laughs> who tells her to tell everybody that Santa's real. Yeah. So they freak out get in the car and drive away and drive and away. get stuck and get stuck yeah 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 and then gets caught by santa again no no no, no. They, not yet that's no, right no. that doesn't happen mj is now off doing MJ's their own off, thing mj's off the board now yeah <laughs> jess and nathan and nathan have a little mistletoe moment have a little what are we and nathan's like well obviously we can't do it anymore and clearly that hurts yeah. jess who's definitely hoping that he leaves nikki to be with her and then for the second time in these movies, a moment of uncertainty between two romantic partners gets interrupted because Nathan gets knocked unconscious and just starts running, running from, from Santa. Santa. <laughs> from Santa. Uh, Nathan wakes up. Jess is gone. He goes to uh, the church. Well, first, Jess isn't just gone. She gets attacked in the woods. Santa creeps up behind her grabs her and knocks her unconscious and we see her being drugged somewhere. Yes. And then Nathan goes to the church, the aforementioned church, finds the priest. The priest starts yelling, or the, he's not even a priest, right? It's not a Catholic church. It's no, a, it's he's Lutheran. Just a, a Lutheran, he's like a reverend minister, what you call that? Father Childrick, for short, Rick. Father Rick. Yeah. And he's complaining about Santa Claus. Yeah, he has a whole lovely <laughs> monologue. I love yeah. his speech so much. I think it's so funny, though, that he's like, fuck Santa Claus, but on Christmas Eve, I'm watching basketball on a big screen in the other room. Right. And I love his little, like, the greatest trick that Santa ever pulled was convincing the world that he's jolly. <laughs> Anyway, of course, he gets killed by Santa. Santa then comes for Nathan, knocks him out. Yep. Cut to. Cut to. The garage. Everybody's in the garage. Yep. Where Jess and Nathan are tied up. Yeah. And Santa's in there with him. Yep. Jess wakes up and Santa asks Jess if Nathan has been a naughty or nice boy. She says nice. She says nice. Because, of course, he made her come. 
And then he asks Jess if she's been nice or naughty. But she doesn't answer, right? Yeah, she grabs a menorah. She like unties herself, grabs a menorah, and hits Santa in the face with it. Yeah, and, and that's when you find out. Santa is Nikki in a mask. Yes. A really cool mask, by the way. I love the Santa mask. Mm-hmm. And we find out, Nikki, we're doing a final girl as actual killer reveal. So then after she's been revealed, she kills Nathan. She kills Nathan. She basically, like, Jess is like, let me explain. And she's like, you have 15 seconds. And then she doesn't like the explanation. Because the explanation is mostly like, actually, no, it's a great explanation. Well, it's, it's, it's literally the only explanation. Yeah, it's, it's the what, truth. It, it, yeah. yeah. It's what happened, which yeah. you were in a coma for a year. We spent a lot of time with your family and, and at your and bedside. With each other. And with each other, comforting you, each other, thinking that you tried to leave this world. And yeah. we didn't know if you were even ever coming back. And eventually things happened. And that's... Which, is reasonable totally reasonable but that's not good enough for nikki and she murders nathan and then is going to kill jess she does she and then she does kill jess and then she goes inside she goes inside puts presents under the tree yep and runs into mj and mj comes back but which we saw mj MJ, had come back and seen nikki kill jess she looks through the garage window and sees the whole thing happen in the garage yeah yeah, so then we get this final shot of the film where 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 MJ brilliantly plays this. Oh, I'm so glad you're you're alive. Santa's real. I saw him kill you know Jess and kill Nathan, and you know I'm I I thought he had got you too. Yeah. And then they hug, and Nikki has a knife behind her back, but then you know chooses not to stab her. She just hugs her with it. Yeah. And then Santa's feet come down the chimney. And then the movie's over. Yep. And it's great. And that is Santa Isn't Real. That is Santa Isn't Real from this year. Okay, so before we get into all of the stuff with these films, obviously we have one very important question to answer. I mean, it's the only question. The only There question ever is. Ever. Fuck, marry, kill. Boom. <laughs> so first, the movies, obviously. So these three movies, Krampus, Mrs. Claus, Santa Isn't Real, Fuck, Mary, Kill. I feel like this is kind of I obvious. think this is a, you know, it... I don't want to say it's easy. That feels rude. But, I mean, it's obvious to me. Well, no, it's not obvious. Well, I think we both can agree we're marrying Santa Isn't Real. Yeah, Santa Isn't Real is... you. you That's an easy yeah, marry. Yeah, you put a ring on that. Like, it's almost unfair to pit <laughs> Santa Isn't Real against these other two. Yeah, it is. And then I don't know. I mean, I guess my fuck is Mrs. Claus... And my kill is Krampus the Christmas Devil. And it's only, look, it's only for ideological reasons. It's, <laughs> it's look, only because I, Krampus I is a cop movie. Don't fuck fascists. <laughs> okay. See, I do. Oh, yeah. Krampus is my fuck. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Claus is my kill. But you know what? I get it. And no judgment. Yeah. And it's just fucking, right? Like, yeah. we're not, we're not carrying it beyond that. Okay. Okay. So, what about the actual mythological figures? If you had oh, to fuck Mrs. Claus, Mary Kill, Santa Claus, and Krampus. Yes. I mean, you fuck Krampus. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> know what? Honestly, he's a bad boy. <laughs> Krampus is a bad boy. I'm gonna marry Mrs. Claus. Okay. And I'm gonna kill Santa kill Claus. Santa. Yeah. I, I'm tempted to kill Santa as well, just because it'd be fun it- to say you killed Santa. <laughs> I mean, it depends what you want out of a... It always comes down to this, right? It depends what you want out of a, out of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And Santa's never home. Well, I guess he's home most, most of the of year. The t- well, but is he at the factory? 
Like, how hands-on is he with the company of elves? It's hard to know. You know? Yeah. He know. acts like he's very hands-on, but, like, I want to actually be in that factory and see if he is there all the time or if he's just kind of loafing around and leaving it up to his peons. Yeah. And also, it's like, if he is, either way, I don't love it. Yeah, you know? right? It's like either if- you're never around Santa or it's like you are kind of a shitty manager. Yeah, you're a bad boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? Fuck Santa. Yeah, kill kill Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel dead. like Mrs. Claus is very supportive. Yeah, she puts you know? up with a lot. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, well, I mean, it would be nice to be Mrs. Claus, you know? You take care of reindeer, you bake cookies, but you'd probably get bored. So I just, I don't know. I, I, I think I need a Mrs. Claus. <laughs> yeah, what about, okay, what about Fuck, Mary Kill, the figures as they are in these movies? Like, like the Santa killer... The Mrs. Claus killer or Krampus. Krampus. Okay. And I feel like actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this. In this case, the Krampus from Krampus the Christmas Devil, whatever you're doing with him, you also got to do with Santa. Oh, it's a package his, deal. His brother. I mean, he does, they don't have, if you're fucking them, obviously they don't have to be both there at the same time. That's Unless gross. we want to. <laughs> Look, if I'm in between, it's not incest. See, I don't, yeah, I just don't even want the conversation to come up. I just am not comfortable with, like, I feel like any threesome situation I could find myself in, it would always be like, first question, you're not related, right? That Really? That is your first question in a threesome scenario? I think so. I think so. See, I just feel like, and you know what? This is kind of something that comes up a lot on our podcast. If you just don't say it, if you just don't name it, it doesn't become a problem. <laughs> Just ignore it. Yeah. It's not a problem. Look, if we're all consenting adults, I don't need to know what their deal is. Okay. I mean, look, relation is relative. <laughs> uh, it's really not, though. It's not, well, I mean, for me, it's like you're not blood related. <laughs> oh, oh. Would be my standard. And if you are, okay. like, you didn't grow up together. Like, second cousins is okay. probably where I would even begin that, cons- entertaining the notion. That's the line you draw? Yeah. I mean, that's the hard line. Mm-hmm. It's still probably no for me. Okay. But like, if you're related by marriage or something, it's, you know, then we can talk. For all of these incestual threesome invitations we've yeah. been getting, just so you know, this is... And, and it goes without <laughs> saying that I'm not related to either of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Second cousins is not weird. Right? Yeah. yeah. No. First cousins, that's weird. I mean, you can have crushes on second cousins. You just don't do anything. Yes. <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, that. First cousins, just not even, you can't even, no. don't even think about it. Stop. What but, are you thinking? But if it's somebody else's family, I just don't need to think about it <laughs> and it's fine. It's not my business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's their drama. So if Krampus and Santa invite me to a threesome, I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to say, Okay. Also, do we know that Santa and Krampus are really brother? I mean, that's the story, but I don't really see it, you know? I feel like this is, I feel like they're a couple and this is a role play. So that's what I'll tell myself on my way to the threesome (laughs) is Santa and Krampus. It's not, they're not actually brothers. (laughs) Anyway, so clearly I'm fucking Santa and Krampus. You put them as a package deal and it's a given. Yeah. Krampus fucker. And when, okay, when it comes to Santa isn't real and Mrs. Claus, are we talking about fuck, marry, kill, like the the slasher figures? Or are we talking about fucking, marrying, killing the killers behind the mask? Or does it matter? No, it matters. Because if it's just the like, for example, Santa isn't real, if you're like, oh, it's just the slasher killer, then it's, that's just a mask. You know, you can just have anybody put on a mask then. Right. If that's your thing. And honestly, both those masks, I would I would get in bed with. 
Yeah, I kind of want a threesome now with two people wearing those masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those masks are great. They both are. Of them. Both of them. The Santa isn't real one is probably better. Uh, yeah, no, it's got to be the, you know, yeah. the the character, but also like the evil character. You know, I don't know if I'm making sense. Insana isn't real. There are two versions of There's Nikki. There's two versions of Nikki. Yes. Yeah. And her as Santa, like doing the voice thing, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Like she's in the Santa persona. Yeah, she scares me. I don't think I could fuck or marry. I mean, they're all scary. Yeah. They're all murderers, Philip. Well, well, yes. <laughs> yes, that is true. Which one could I deal with for life the most? Uh, uh, oh, God, I don't know. Do you know? Oh, yeah. I'm marrying Krampus. Really? With yeah. Santa? Here's the problem. Yeah, I kind of take that back now. Because I feel like if you're marrying... My whole thing to marry Krampus would be to take him away from here. Oh. To, like, give him a better life. Like He deserves better than what Santa's yeah. giving K- him. Krampus, again, we he's... Big leather face vibes. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I'm a sucker for him. I love me my Krampus man. So then... Oh, he is a... <laughs> what? He is explicitly a rapist. Yeah. I mean, well, when you name it... <laughs> oh, yeah, again. Never mind. We're not paying attention to that. Okay, but also, Nikki as Santa in Santa Isn't Real is terrifying. And uh, what's her face? Mrs. Warner yeah. as Mrs. Claus is unhinged. Yeah. I mean, she's right, though. Is she? I don't know. I kind of feel like she went there trying to get closure. And of course, she says that, but she's been harassing Danielle and her family. But also, what does that mean? Because Danielle is pretty immediately shitty about it. Yeah. And and again, her denial about what her sister did is so fucked up. It is super fucked up. So, yeah, maybe you marry Mrs. Werner. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards marrying her. She's she Look, she's a dedicated mother. But wait, does her sister come along with? You know what? Can I actually just marry her? <laughs> her sister? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, no, she's a rent-a-cop. I don't want to marry a cop. Let Officer alone Cornell? A yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This is too tough. Yeah, it's too much. I'm just going to... We took it too far. I'm going to fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, that's just, just, make I will it easy. say this. I would fuck all of them. Yeah, why not? <laughs> when fuck, marry, kill goes too far and gets too hard, you just fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, and with Nikki, it's... Specifically, it's wear the mask, do the voice. That's what I'm into. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Wear the mask, do the voice, say something nasty to me. Be naughty, Santa. All right, Philip, here's another question. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas Eve. You're invited to all three of these things, these oh. places. Okay, like so. The, so the, the MJ's family's cabin, yeah. the sorority party, mm-hmm. and is it Harry? Crazy Harry's bar? With the cop civil With war the going on. Yeah. <laughs> happening no just a regular night where where all the regulars are all these shitty cops are there and maybe there's like you know an alice in chains cover band playing or something uh which one would i prefer to attend yeah let's say this one you just check in on one is where you're staying and the other you burned to the ground christmas eve yeah (laughs) and then the other one you burned to the ground actually this might be pretty obvious too (laughs) obviously i'm burning the cop bar the the cop bar's gone that's that there's no other answer for that i mean it does seem like the kind of bar that i would go to when i relapse but uh i love how it's a when it's a when not (laughs) an if If, i feel like if i treat it like it's a when instead of an if it remains an if does that make sense absolutely yeah yeah yeah. When I relapse, I'm going to that bar. I'm, you know, getting wasted. I'm probably getting arrested, mm-hmm. if not killed. I will pick you up at the police station <laughs> or the morgue. Yeah. 
You'll go pick me up at the morgue on Christmas Day. Yeah. And the, and I'll bring some morgue nog. Bring some morgue nog. <laughs> so between the sorority party and MJ's cabin, I want to hang out at MJ's cabin. I'll check in on the sorority party, but like I'm spending the night. I'm spending Christmas at MJ's. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I was going to say this is actually, I have a controversial answer here, I think. Ooh, okay. Because I think I would rather, if it was like go to one and not go to the other, I would actually go to the sorority party. Why? Instead. Because here's my issue with MJ and that crowd is not about them. Well, it is about them. It's okay. they they're they're too close. You know what I mean? I don't want to be a stranger amongst them. Because it's gonna be all inside jokes and shit. You know? I'm gonna feel like a what, fifth wheel, fourth wheel, sixth wheel, however many people are there. There's four. You'd feel like a fifth wheel. Yeah, but I have had I've had so much practice being the odd wheel, fifth, mm-hmm. seventh, ninth, and I love it. I'm so good at it. Yeah. And, you know, m- me being who I am, I would immediately become BFFs with MJ, and that'd mm-hmm. be my in, you know? Yeah, I do feel like I would get along with all of them. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. My imposter syndrome, I would not get over the feeling that I was like intruding on their Christmas, that I was like ruining their Christmas. Oh, and see, I have the opposite. I think that my presence there would save their Christmas because instead of MJ getting involved in the drama between the three of Nikki, uh, Nathan, and Jess, I feel like me being there would help pull MJ away from it, which would inherently lessen the drama between the three of them and actually force them to kind of be a part of the bigger group rather than, you know, having this like shit simmering right at the surface. Okay, I'll tell you this. If it was both of us there, I would go there. Okay, yeah, because that's you fair. could, yeah, and then I would, I don't know, I'd hang out with Nikki or something so that Jess and Nathan can just have their thing. I, I still think it's sorority party for me. Okay, I just don't want to deal with Grant. Okay, Grant sucks. Jake mostly sucks. I would get high with Jake. I would want to be out on that patio with Jake and Alexandria. Yeah, well, this is my dream scenario when yep. it comes to going to that party. Okay is I want to hang out with Tyler, Monica. Monica's great. Alex. Uh-huh. And Jake's weed. J- Jake's weed, not Jake. We take his weed and we go somewhere <laughs> oh, else with I it. I like, I think Jake's so hot though. I, he's very hot. I really don't like him. I mean, he's He's dumb. one of those guys, he's so dumb and he's shitty dude. Like he's the guy that's like, did your pussy hurt, bro? You know, I right. fucking can't deal with that. And here's another issue. He's not funny, but he thinks he's funny. He thinks he's so funny. I am funny. Oh. And I would be funny at this party and it would upset him. Yeah, he would and be he threatened. would start being shitty to me. Yeah. And I don't want that. Although maybe I do. Maybe I do want a little Christmas drama. Piss off a fucking dickhead. Yeah, you know what? I'd probably be nice to him just because he's the one with the weed. Yeah. And you know what? I can just shut him up by shoving my dick in his mouth. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Ask him if it's cool first, right? Well, yeah, consent is sexy, Andy. <laughs> but, you know, you don't talk a lot when you got dick in your mouth. Yeah. Uh, and Kayla, Kayla's fine. She's a little boring. She's a little stick in the mud, but... We'll talk about Kayla. She's fine. She's not a bad person. And Sophie. Like, assuming Sophie actually... Well, yeah, as long as she doesn't there, die ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, she doesn't get murdered immediately. Although uh, she was going to leave anyway. Yeah, she wasn't. She does. She's, like, too cool for that fucking party, and yeah, she knows which, it. Yeah, which... She is. Yeah, you know Sophie's what? I don't want to go to any of these things. I just want to go wherever Sophie's going for Christmas. <laughs> Sophie's the coolest. I wanted to spend Christmas with Sophie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Grant, Kyle, and Danny can fuck off. I don't want to hang out with any of them. Yeah, yeah, fuck all of them. Yeah, they're all, they suck. So yeah, I'm I'm at MJ's cabin then, for sure. Yeah. 
I'll check in on the sorority party. I'm not staying. I just, I just love Tyler and Monica so much. Well, so let's talk about them. So we are going to take the characters of these movies and we are going to decide whether they go on Santa's nice list or Krampus's naughty list. <laughs> let's start with Krampus the Christmas Yeah, because that's an easy one. Everyone's on the naughty Everyone's list. Everyone's on the naughty list. Every that single one. That movie takes place in a world without good people. Yeah. <laughs> no one in that movie is on the nice list because no one in that universe is on the nice list. No. Maybe, maybe, maybe Jeremy's wife. But even that's debatable because she raised Heather, who's a murderer. Yeah. And she's married to Jeremy, who is a problem. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Although maybe Jeremy goes on the list. I don't know. Yeah, God, I don't know. I mean, he's so broken. Yeah. Who plays Russian roulette with themselves? I don't know. That's... You're bored. You want to play Russian roulette and there's nobody around to play with. You know what? Actually, fair, honestly. <laughs> and if I was ever going to kill myself, it'd probably be by playing Russian roulette with myself. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's see if today is the day. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, that's everyone's naughty. You know what? Everyone in yeah. that everyone in that movie sucks. Yeah, we don't we don't even have to go person by person. No. They're yeah. all monsters. So everybody in Krampus is on the naughty list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big old fucking naughty list. And in Mrs. Claus, Danielle's on the naughty list, right? For sure. Yeah, it's a tough one. Because Danielle, you feel like her heart's in the right place. But also she admits that like when her sister died, she was really mad about Christmas being canceled Mm -hmm. instead of her sister being dead. Which, look, we appreciate your honesty. But also that's naughty. That is naughty. That is not nice. But I just, I don't know. For me, what it all comes down to is her knowing what her sister did and then writing it off and not acknowledging, even if you, you don't have to necessarily condone Angela's actions of killing her sister, but like not acknowledging at all that what her sister did was a problem. Mm -hmm. And in fact, doing the very opposite of saying what her sister did was fine is fucked up. Yep. Also, actually, I just remembered something. Big fucking problem I have with Danielle. She gives Kyle a watch for Christmas so that he can stop being late to their dates. Yeah, that's so shitty. That is such a fucking shitty thing to do. Right. If you've ever done that, I hate you. Yeah, if your gift is a... Be a better person. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Then fuck you. Eat shit. Yeah. No, Danielle, (laughs) fuck you. You're naughty. Danielle, naughty. You're getting punished. Yep. Okay, what about... Well, actually, let's go back. What about Angela and Amber? I mean, obviously, Amber's on the naughty list. Yeah, they're both naughty, but... mm, You know what? No, Angela's nice. Because Angela actually, like... mm, This is hard. Okay, this is difficult. Because what Angela was doing after her hazing was not good for her. Like, she was just not dealing with it. She was just like, oh, I did that awful thing. Now we'll forget about it forever, right? (laughs) Haha, push it down to the bottom. Well, she became, like, she got in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And the very fact that Mm -hmm. she gave a very nice gift to Amber shows that she was in an abusive relationship. She was trying to make up for what was done to her by... Yeah, well, let's face it. Angela's a people pleaser. Yeah. So... At the expense of herself. Yeah, and I'm not one of those people that's, like, shitty about people pleasers, that, like, blames them for shit. I've noticed this weird trend in, like, Instagram pop psychology, you know, of people being, like, people pleasing is actually a toxic trait and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Shut up. Eat fucking shit. And, no, Angela's nice. Yeah. She did, you know what? You know who did nothing wrong? Angela. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing she did wrong was killing herself. 
And even that, <laughs> I can't judge because I get it. Right. And honestly, the thing is, okay, she snapped and killed Amber and then took herself out. It's like she, by snapping and putting herself on the naughty list, took care of herself. Yeah, she was like, she was like oh, I'm oh, naughty shit. now. I better yeah. be punished. Yeah. Yeah. And also the way she hung herself. I, I, that the Again, image that is shot. so yeah. fucking haunting. I love it. So Angela's nice. And Amber is and naughty. And Amber is naughty. Yes. So present day. Present We've day. already said Danielle's naughty. Yeah. And just Kyle's naughty by extension. Yeah. I mean, he's friends with Grant. So I'm sorry, dude. If you let that in your circle. Mm. And obviously Grant's naughty then too. Yeah, Grant's a real piece of shit. There's something I appreciate about his honesty. He's almost like a male Melissa. Yeah, yeah. Because when he's with Sophie and <laughs> she's like, are you going to miss me when I'm gone? And he's like, I'm just fucking you. And then she's like, but you have so many other people to fuck. Because he's, whatever, quarterback. Which, all, that dude is not quarterback. That dude is fucking scrawny. He is not a <laughs> fucking college quarterback. You're High right. school, maybe. But he's not starting Saturdays. Get out of here. Not at a school with a good team. In a good program. This doesn't feel like a school that has a good team. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they all want to fuck. Everybody wants to fuck Grant. Which I get. And he knows it. Yeah, I'd fuck Grant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when when Alexandria says that, I'd fuck him. And Jake is like, does everyone want to fuck him? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Everyone wants to fuck him. He is hot. I will give him that. But he's still on a... But he's naughty as shit. Yeah, he's a scumbag. I hate him. And while we're on the subject, let's just talk about how amazing Sophie is. Oh, yeah. Is Sophie a cream queen? (sighs) No. I don't think she lasts long enough. Yeah, you're right. To make it, to get to that level, you know? I don't want to say that it's all about screen time. It's not no, that. No. It's you feel it out. Yeah, and you need. You, but you're right. You needed a little more from her. However, her line. This is such a cream queen line, where he's like, "You always get this way when I fuck you," and then she just says, "Well, then stop fucking then me. Stop fucking me." That's that is like oh, quintessential yeah, cream queen. That is. It, it, that line I would say would almost put her over the top to being a cream queen if there were more other things going on yeah like really then after that she just goes home gets her bags and leaves. yeah well she like, does have that great bit where madison's like are you coming to the party and she like pops back and is like no <laughs> <laughs> and her face just says it all i wouldn't be caught dead at your shitty loser party for losers i'm sophie have you seen me yeah have i mean you seen me she's not wrong <laughs> i'm from brazil so but yeah, she just doesn't there's to be something much more, I feel like, for yeah. it to really get the get the title. But she goes on the nice list. Okay, what about Jake? <sighs> Look, he brings weed to the party and shares it. Yeah, and he's hot. And he's hot. He sucks. But can I just say something, though? Like, he's kind of honest about his suckiness. Like, at least in his conversation with Alexandria, like, he just, he kind of owns... A little stuff. bit, but he also does that whole thing of like, I got this weed from a clown on the sewer or whatever, and it's like, ugh, what are you doing? Shut up! I don't think he even knew what he was doing. No, in that I mean, moment. that was... <laughs> I mean, it is kind of dumb college kid stoner dialogue, so... I just... I, I don't like him, but I don't think he's... He's not beyond redemption, let's put it that way. Yeah, but also, when he gets to the party, he comes after Tyler, and I feel like that... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Fuck him. He, he's on the naughty. Nobody messes with Tyler. Yeah. 
So Jake Naughty and Tyler Nice, let's call it. Yeah, obviously. Tyler. Tyler's, Tyler's my favorite. The, honestly, the only thing Tyler does wrong is go to that party. But we covered this where it's like he's probably there what just else because is he, do? he has nothing yeah. better to do. Yeah. And like, probably he can talk shit about it on his podcast. So Yeah, he's going there to get content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but research. not even in a shitty way. It's like literally there are 10 people still on campus. So you go where those 10 people are. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Tyler's nice. Monica's Monica is the nicest. Yeah, the nicest. I love her. I love her tough love stuff with Danielle. I love my favorite thing is when Danielle shows her the threatening message she got, the poem, and Monica's like, Well, someone needs to go to a fucking creative writing class. (laughs) I mean, that's a lame ass poem. That is pretty great. Monica's amazing. Yeah, Monica's great. She's fun. She's funny. She doesn't take shit. Mm -hmm. She gives a little bit of shit. Yeah, she's the best. The only strike against her is that she's friends with Danielle, but also I, I can't hold that against her too much, you know? Yeah. Like she's Because she's trying to help Danielle. We've all been taken in by Danielle's. Yes, absolutely. And I think that it's sort of like this like savior complex thing if she's like, I can fix her. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, she's got a lot going on. She's the first of her family to go to college. She says that. Yeah. But she also just feels like she's following a thrust through college of like, you know, the whole reason she's in this sorority is like Greek life seemed like the thing to do. You know, and it's like, oh, this is my sorority sister. So I guess we're friends and she has these problems. So I'm going to make her my closest friend because she's the one that needs friends the most, like, which is a good impulse. Mm -hmm. You know what? And that just makes me love her more. You're right. Nice Est. Nice Est. Yeah. Yeah. Like if there was a, if there was a number one top drawer of this movie, it's Monica. Easily. Yeah. So just running through the last of them, um, Alexandria, she doesn't do anything wrong. She's fine. Right. I like Alexandria. Yeah. I like her. Yeah, she's a, she's a fun stoner girl. Yeah. And I like that. So nice. Yeah, she's nice. Madison. <sighs> she kind of sucks. She does kind of suck. But I, it's a suckiness that I can relate to. Like, if she's naughty, I'm naughty. You know what I mean? Oh, Because that okay. whole thing where she's just sitting on the couch watching TV, and they're like, have you done the decorations yet and she's just like no my mom called which she didn't no that's a lie yeah (laughs) unless it was like a while ago and then she's like so i'll get to it in a minute and then kayla's Kayla's don't bother don't bother and (laughs) and madison's just like okay okay yeah and it's like (laughs) i get it i've been there you know i can't really judge you it's christmas Okay, but see, I'm not in your glass house, so I can throw this stone. Okay. You want her to be naughty? Yeah, because she sucks. All she, Like, literally, the, the only place we ever see her is that couch. Again, relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, if I, if I put her on the naughty list, am I putting you on the I naughty list? I think if you're putting Madison on the naughty list, you're putting me on the <laughs> naughty list, too, because if it's Christmas, I'm probably on the couch dissociating. <laughs> also, let's talk about Kayla in a second, because I cannot blame Madison for her behavior against Kayla. So you know what, Madison? You're fine. You're nice. Kayla is kind of a lot. And I personally love Kayla. Do you really? I do. Kayla's the kind of person that from a distance, I think fondly of. But if I have to spend too much time around her, oh boy. Boy, is that a drag. Yeah, well, okay. Couple problems with Kayla. First of all, I mean, the whole not telling anybody about the phone call she got from Sophie's mom. She's got to be a red herring though, Philip. Yeah, but uh, okay. But also... It's still shitty. Yeah. Like your sorority sister goes missing and you intentionally don't tell anybody because you don't want to spoil the fun party. Yeah. Like as if that's not going to come back up. And yeah, here's the other thing. So first time we meet Kayla, she calls herself a regular Rachel Ray. No, you're not. Second, I mean, Rachel (laughs) Ray sucks, but like. Say that about yourself. Yeah. yeah, and then and then later on in the movie, she says, "I know how to be a good hostess," and it's like, "No, no she's you bad at don't. it." Because she, she also, sucks. She's like, 
She gets sparkling juice, and they're like, what? And she's like, it's BYOB. If the frat boys want to get drunk, they can do it on their own dime, which I understand, but also it's not that many people, and it's a party. Buy some fucking booze. Right? And it's like, then don't throw a party. It's like she didn't want to throw this party. Yeah, she's bad at throwing a party, which and the, yeah. kind of I find kind of endearing <laughs> in like a sweet way. But Except she thinks she's really good at it. You know what? Yeah, she's naughty. Yeah. I like Kayla, but I can't vouch for Kayla. I wouldn't mind hanging out with Kayla, but I definitely don't want to be in any scenario where Kayla feels any sense of responsibility or authority. Yeah. I also get like a weird vibe from her that like Kayla's the kind of person that if she gets in a position of power or authority, she's going to do some not cool things with it. Right. You know, like I bet she's got some kind of fucked up values and beliefs that she's savvy enough to not let slip in front of people, but still are probably there. She is sweet to Danielle. She is nice to Danielle. She is like which that's kind of a mark out. against yeah. her. <laughs> that's true because she's not tough about it like Monica is. Right. Oh man, she's like uncritically nice to her. And she got a crush on Grant, which doesn't speak well of her taste either. Mm-hmm. And even the crush on Grant just feels kind of like well because everybody has that. Right. Yeah, that know? doesn't make you unique. And, she, and he's like, "Do you like football?" And she's like, "No." I just, it's the school. And I feel like that's her thing is like, you know, she supports the army because America and she supports, I don't know, evil billionaires because they earned it. You know, I think she's like, she's, she's weaponized status quo. Yeah. But like, I, I, I feel like she's localized too. So like if her, if her college say like suddenly went like, anti-military she would be at the protest oh. even if she didn't know if she believed it or not oh yeah maybe she's kind of goes with the flow yeah i also feel like she's gonna try to get some books banned i don't know i don't know if she's the type to like <sighs> protest things unless everybody else is like i think she and i'm not saying this negatively she is a people pleaser she just wants to do what what makes the group happy but she sucks at it yeah but she does she is assertive about certain things. But Either way, I don't. I think we're we're get we're, we're way overthinking the we character. We are putting of Kayla. way too much <laughs> stock in what Kayla is. Yeah, let's just throw her on the naughty list and call it good. Because cool. you know what, I think with in the case of Madison, I think between her and Kayla, it's Kayla. This is an ongoing thing of Kayla just being shitty and passive aggressive and like kind of domineering towards Madison, and Madison just kind of being like. Eat shit. Yeah, you know? silent protest. Yeah. So Madison, nice. Kayla, naughty. Okay, done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and finally, what about the sisters, Mrs. Warner and Officer Cornell? I mean... <laughs> it seems like you're kind of on their side. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's if, you know, if they hadn't killed Monica, Sophie, and Tyler, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm not going to miss any of these folks. Yeah. Keep it up. <laughs> Yeah, they took Merry their murder Christmas. spree a little too far. Yeah. They went three murders past the yeah, nice list. Yeah, you took out three of the nice list. You did. Here's the problem. They didn't check their list twice. Yeah. You know what? Uh-huh. And so, that's important. And that's not. We literally make a song about it. Yeah, it's... Look, yeah, you it's check a your big list twice. part of the deal. It's a big part of the deal, guys. So, Mrs. Werner, I get it. You're hurting. Officer Cornell... I, I mean, I don't know what your deal is. <laughs> well, let's just say Officer Cornell is for sure on the naughty list. Yeah. Mrs. Which, Warner. I mean, part of me is like, I don't know. Officer Cornell's a good sister. <laughs> <laughs> you mean w- 
the good sister that kills her sister? Well, yeah, because, you know. She, she's putting her out of her you misery. You did the thing you want to do, and now you're just going to be miserable the rest of your life feeling guilty about murdering all those kids. I say we just put them They're both, both on the naughty yeah, list. What naughty, am I talking about? Call it a There's day. not even, I can't even try. Okay, so Santa isn't real. Um, I don't know. They're all nice. Really? All of them. Just nice, call it a day, done. No, I can't. Because we do kind of learn. We should start with Nikki, the reason for this season. Okay. She sucks. She's a shitty person. Why? Well. Besides murdering but, her besides friends. Besides the murdering all yeah, of her friends? Besides okay. that. I mean, I don't want to judge her. I mean, if she was attacked by Santa, if that's the read we're going with, she was actually attacked by Santa, and it wasn't like a off-the-meds, not-quite-in-touch-with-reality, maybe-accidental-suicide attempt. If it was Santa came down and cut her, then we must infer that there is a system behind Santa's action. Oh. And that he was coming to say, you're naughty. And I'm cutting you what because you- I don't kill was the kinder, gentler, evil Santa. I cut you to be like, hey, you're naughty. Stop being naughty. And then. Okay. So maybe do you think that prior to the events of this film that Nikki's killed before? Oh, man. <laughs> it could be that Nikki is just a psychopath who commits murders. And Santa came to stop her. Yeah. I think it could be that. I the the read that I take with it is just the same thing that we can gather from things that Nathan and Jess both say, which is that Nikki is a selfish person who does not take the needs or situations of others into account when she makes decisions and acts a certain way. Because Jess calls her a pillow princess. Well, Jess calls her a pillow princess, which is one of my favorite things in this movie. <laughs> a movie full of my favorite things uh-huh. is the last thing Jess says to Nikki is basically like, I got your boyfriend. Because I, got I would man. actually try to please him. Yeah. Yeah. Your boyfriend <laughs> likes fucking me. Uh, he hates going down on you because you're a pillow princess, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, that's selfish. She's yeah. a selfish lover. But also Jess's whole thing of like, I've lived in your shadow. Like you, you've never let me have anything of my own. My whole life is supporting you. Okay, but also Jess kind of sucks. So I don't know if I really trust her read on what the situation is. I believe Jess. I believe Jess because Nikki's behavior also should. The fact that she's like, oh, you're sleeping with my boyfriend. I'm going to murder you. What the fuck? Okay, murder aside, I'm just going to say this. The thing about somebody who says, I've always lived in your shadow is that, yes, it could be one of those situations, you know, where the person's personality just kind of overshadows them. But it also could be that that person is part of, like, it takes two to be in a relationship like that. And here, okay, I want to point out something. What I think is very indicative of why Jess is shitty and why I don't necessarily believe her that, like, Nikki forces Jess in her shadow is that scene where... Nikki is talking to Nathan about like them going to bed together, them being intimate, whatever at the cabin. And behind her is Jess like seductively sucking on that candy cane to distract Nathan, knowing that the two of them I, have clearly agreed to not tell Nikki what's I going on. I have a very different read on that. Oh, okay. Really? I don't think it's necessarily a seduction thing. I mean, that's part of it. I think it's a like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Which that's kind of shitty too, because she's a part of it. I don't think it is. I think that it's just more of her, because Nikki wakes up and is immediately like, okay, everything's about me. 
And I get it, you were in a coma, for sure. But she immediately assumes like the worst about her friends when her friends are like, we want to do this, we're going to do that. And Jess has to be like, you went into a coma, but the rest of us were by your side the entire time. And Nikki's response to that is, okay, I didn't know that. It's shitty. Nikki is shitty. I agree. Nikki is shitty, but I also think that Jess is shitty too. I think Jess is kind of shitty, mostly just because she's a Christian. She's she's a religious person, (laughs) and I don't get down with religious people. Yeah. But I think the stuff with Jess and Nikki, I. Because also the stuff with Nathan and, and Nikki. Nathan himself says, like, yeah, I didn't like being with you. You were a bad partner. It's like we were always doing what you wanted to do. You never listened to me or asked me what I wanted to do. And when they ask her if she wants the eggnog, she doesn't ask Nathan. She's like, well, Nathan and I were going to go fuck. And it's like, I'm sorry. You didn't have a conversation about that. And Nathan's like, I mean, he sucks too. Him and Jess both suck because they're not telling her. But also they're in a difficult position. And I empathize with them. See, okay. I get all of this is are like massive indictments against Nikki and yeah. she really sucks. And the more that you stack up the things on her her list, the more you're like, okay, no, girl, you're naughty. Yeah. But I don't empathize with Nathan and Jess. Really? I actually empathize more with Nikki. What Jesus, what does that say wow. about me? <laughs> but ultimately I'm just never going to tell you anything. <laughs> but that's on you. <laughs> What I'm getting to at with this whole living in your shadow thing is that ultimately that is not just on like, yes, Nikki shitty. Yes, there's reasons why Nathan and Jess are afraid of her and afraid to stand up to her. But also like they're all adults, right? You can't just say, oh, because you're afraid of Nikki, that excuses all your shitty behavior. It's like, no, grow the fuck up and, you know, either get rid of your toxic friendships or try to mend it and move on. I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I do think it's that's a little more difficult when the friend that you're afraid of has just been in a coma for a year (laughs) and has literally been like awake for less than 12 hours. I mean, I wouldn't know because I've never been in that situation. And this is why I say we have to empathize with Nathan and Jess because we don't know what it's like. But there are things that they could have done to... Are they all naughty? Except MJ. (sighs) Oh, oh, really? Really? MJ's kind of naughty too. She's throwing shit in Jess's face. She pretends that she didn't know that Jess and Nathan were sleeping together. Which I thought that was adorable. (laughs) I mean, it's very adorable and very funny. No, MJ's nice. That's some shit I would pull. Yeah. I'd be like, what? And then if like, you know, (laughs) Jess called me out on it, I'd be like, fuck. (laughs) And I want, in the thing, I don't want to say Nathan is naughty because he's just so lovable. He's dumb. He's such a dumb sweetheart. He is the himbo-iest himbo. Yeah, yeah. And he's like genuinely funny. Yeah. But he can't keep his mouth off of Jess with Nikki in another room taking a nap. Right. Like that's the part that's like, that's naughty. I'm sorry. That's just black and white naughty. Yeah. There's no excuse for that. Yeah. Like, come on. I mean, look, it was one weekend. It's kind of (laughs) hot. I mean, yeah, we all, we all love naughty sex, but that doesn't (laughs) mean it's not naughty. Yeah, no judgment. You just have to be willing to pay the price. Yeah, and the price in this case is it puts you on the naughty list. Yeah, and you get murdered. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone's in the naughty list except for MJ. And Rexy. Well, all dogs go to heaven. You know what? You know what? Fair. (laughs) All dogs are nice. None of them are naughty except for the one that bit me in a bar once. Just that one. All dogs go to heaven except the one that bit Andy in a bar once. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's (laughs) the amended title of that movie. (laughs) 
Okay. Anything else you want to say about the characters of Santa Isn't Real? No. I mean, I love them all. Such a great movie. You know what? That is the hard thing is that like, even though most of them belong on the naughty list, I love them so much that it hurts to do that. Yeah. Well, and it's honestly like they're all in a crazy situation and you kind of understand where they're all coming from. And even when they're being shitty to each other, like even when MJ is throwing Jess's beliefs in her face a little bit. You know, to be like, you don't even know why you believe in the stuff you believe in kind of a thing. It's still like they're not doing it necessarily vindictively. It's sort of like a see where I'm coming from. You know, it's 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 a yeah. plea really more than anything else. Well, and also and this is something I love about this fucking movie is that in all of these kind of weird little interpersonal conflicts, both big and small, that I can relate to them all. I have been to some degree or another on in, both in sides any of, of it. their shoes. In, yeah. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah been in Nikki's shoes. Not the coma part, but the part where it's like you you don't realize that your behavior is affecting someone you care about negatively. You mm-hmm. know, and by the time Nikki's made aware of that, she's just so far gone; it doesn't matter. Well, and I've also been in the shoes where like people have done shitty things to me, but in addition to the fact that I have been shitty, yeah, you yeah. know, and so I feel. I feel self-righteous about mm-hmm. what's been done to me and to the point that it erases my own shittiness. You can't that, see. Yeah, I can't, yeah. yeah, exactly. I can't see my role in any of it. Yeah, and that's one of the things that makes the movie so great is, and what it's exactly what I love about slasher movies and especially like the first wave slashers and the films that continue to kind of keep the spirit of that alive of like the complexity of these types of relationships when you're, you know, this age and this level of your social life. They all care about each other, but they're all hurt by and hurting each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dialogue isn't always great, but it it is mostly pretty naturalistic and feels very real. Like it feels how, in a lot of, most cases, how people actually talk. Mm-hmm. And the performances, though. are God, they're so good. Like, especially Kaya Coleman as Nikki and Scarlett Sperduto as... Jess. They're mm-hmm. both so incredible. And what Kaya Coleman is doing with Nikki, it's like very specific choices for each persona, I guess, that she has, which is great. And that is her voice from if I can remember correctly from the QA at Nightmares, is that is her voice doing okay. the Santa voice, but like run through some kind of a thing. Um I love that. but yeah, they're both great and they both really sell it. And God, Jess's whole thing when she's dying. I love it. I fucking love it. Yeah. And God, you know what? Like acknowledging that these are all young adults. They're in their 20s. And it's messy. Yeah, it is messy. And none of my relationships were healthy at that time. Even our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We could tell some stories. Right? Yeah. So I I feel bad. And I take back a little bit what I said about like them getting like, you know, it's it's the responsibilities on them to get out of this messy relationship. It's like, no, this is just kind of what happens. Yeah. And, you know, what ends up happening is usually some kind of crumbling because of situations like this. I mean, you know, coma is a little unusual. Murder is a little unusual. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that stuff. That's always an X factor. (laughs) Right. But so I, you know what? I can't blame any of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what makes it so good. Yeah. That and some really good kills, a great some mask. Great music, good great, cinematography. Yeah, really like, great yeah, score. It's just solid, solid yeah. movie all around. Okay, before we wrap up, do we want to talk about 
what the Christmas message is from each of these films. Christmas movies, what unites them is that they all have a Christmas message to yeah. give. There's some purpose to it. There's some, some thesis is being presented about human behavior and what is and is not acceptable in the Christmas spirit, you know? What does the Christmas spirit mean? Well, it means, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men, you know? Putting yourself out to help somebody else. Being nice, appreciating what you have, giving, not receiving. That's that's Christmas message stuff, which I always think is fun because it's largely mostly can be attributed to a horror story, Christmas Carol, Scrooge. It's a ghost story. And I think that's where like most of the Christmas movie moralizing stuff comes from. But So what is the Christmas message of these movies? Okay. Well, the Christmas message of Krampus, the Christmas devil, is the world is an unjust place. No one is, is in line with the Christmas spirit of loving their fellow man. Everyone is evil, including the people we put in power to decide who's naughty and nice right and that you you can't rely on anybody no to no. bring about a just and kind world that teenage girl next door is killing children mm-hmm. santa claus is a piece of shit his brother's a rapist the cops i mean i don't know the movie seems kind of pro-cop but they can't stop fighting each other right and even the best of them is fundamentally broken yeah 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 even the good one is fundamentally broken they're also just, yeah, like, I mean, the, the judgment on the cops, you kind of have to bring your own worldview to that, I think, because the movie doesn't really try to paint them in any way except for the shitty cops. But again, they're an extension of Santa and Krampus, who are both explicitly in this movie wrongdoers. So yeah, this is a nihilistic so the, Christmas message. The message of Krampus the Christmas Devil is, sorry, Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no such thing as Christmas spirit, <laughs> yeah. especially on Christmas. It's sinners in the hands of an angry God shit. It's almost like predeterminism. It's like we're all going to hell. <laughs> That's Krampus, the Christmas devil's Christmas message. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> the only order is chaos. <laughs> the only salvation is death. What a beautiful message. Punishment is irrelevant because all is sin. And you know what? For December 2023, it's it's a message that resonates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what is the message of Mrs. Claus? Oh, that's a tricky one. Because Danielle doesn't learn a lesson except to go to Vegas for Christmas. Well, yeah. Danielle, the lesson she thinks she learns is ignore Christmas. Yeah. Don't celebrate Christmas and you'll be fine. And it almost, the movie almost seems to endorse that because when they're going around doing their whole, like, what was your worst Christmas ever story? And Kyle's story is about his great grandfather shitting himself in a moment of supreme humiliation shortly before the man died. Yeah, what, what a, a horrible dick. story. Kyle sucks. Yeah, Kyle is terrible. I forgot about that story. Yeah, that really firmly puts Kyle on the naughty list. Yeah. Mo- and Monica's whole thing is I've never really had a bad Christmas. So Monica is the person who has the Christmas spirit in this movie. Monica is the person who appreciates what she has. And you know what Monica's thing is? Is it's all about chosen family. Yeah. Yeah. And she gets her head cut off. So she's not right. <laughs> well, just because somebody gets their head cut off doesn't that mean is they're true. not Depiction right. Depiction is not endorsement. But yeah, and Mrs. Claus isn't really the arbiter of, you know, it's very clearly like 
exposited that she is not justified. I mean, because in essence, Mrs. Claus is kind of about how your family of origin causes you to have very toxic traits and behaviors, and especially if you come from trauma. Kind of the message, I would say, of Mrs. Claus is fuck Christmas if it's about blind tradition. Yeah. Or like absolutely uh, uncritical loyalty to vague concepts like family and whatever. Like it's more about like fuck Christmas, do what you want to do, do what makes you feel good. And you know what? Okay, this might be fucked up and bear with me for mm-hmm. a second. But the thing about this film is that like this is a sorority, it's a chosen family. They are literally call themselves sisters, right? And when a sister takes it too far, it's in a way self regulating. One of the other sisters kills her and then kills herself. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. in a fucked up way, yeah. problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> what what ruins things 10 years later is that those families of origin then come in and fuck it They're up. They're trying to relitigate it. Yeah, yes. that's the thing. Is it? Yeah, the problem, Danielle's problem is pledging to that sorority, is going to that sorority house and stirring shit up again. Because it's her sisters, rather than doing what she wants to do at, yeah. you know, on her own. Exactly. She feels obligated. And, you know, Mrs. Warner's problem is that she can't she she blames that sorority and blames these new sisters that have nothing to yeah. do with it for even just existing yeah, she there. can't be like yeah well my daughter got even you know the ba- <laughs> books are balanced you know and you know tyler's whole thing about like fuck the you know the sorority fraternity system doesn't really apply to the sorority that we see 10 years later because they're not doing those things yeah like as far from what we see minus danielle this sorority is okay yeah exactly there's all this talk about like every sorority has hazing and shit and even monica says sorority bitches are vicious but like we don't learn about them being hazed you know we don't learn about bullying going on in their sorority house and there is no contemporary amber like character in this sorority there's no there's nobody taking up that mantle to be like okay this shit is still going on as far as we can tell it's not yeah so tyler's still right to be like when when he's like you have to recognize that your sister caused this to happen and I do, again, it's a red herring line, but when he's like, don't be surprised if it happens again, Danielle. <laughs> so, yeah, I think when you boil all of that down, it's that... You don't know anyone's shit. It's yeah. the Christmas <laughs> message of Mrs. Claus. Right. Santa isn't real. What is the Christmas message of this movie? <sighs> you better be good for goodness sake. Is that the message? I honestly don't know. And I'm not sure how Santa isn't real would define good. I think the message of the Christmas message of Santa isn't real is it's complicated. Yeah. Yeah. In in the question of is Santa real, the answer is it's complicated. We don't know. <laughs> he might actually be real. And we should probably just pretend like yeah. it could might go as either well way. Might as well be good because... You know, for it, one, it's the right, yeah, for goodness <laughs> sake, because it's the right thing to do, but also just in case. Right. You never know when a real Santa will pop down the chimney or, and, and, or your friend might snap <laughs> and dress up as Santa and murder you for your transgressions. Yeah. So be good for goodness sake. Yeah. And that includes Nikki. Yeah. You know, l- listen to other people. Take their things into account. Don't try to get your way all the time. And if you're in a coma for a year, you know what? Stay home with your family. Right. Let your friends go do their thing. You got time to figure that out. Also talk to people. Just talk. <laughs> yeah. You and know? If, if you're the mother of someone who is in a coma for a year, don't just hang up on them <laughs> when they call you. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't have to be in a coma for a year to make that, yeah. you know, I like... Mean, uh, 
don't hang up on somebody. Again, just, partly. Just don't. Unless they're being shitty. Yeah. Again, partly I kind of have to be like on Nikki's side because it's like, I mean, if that was your mom, holy shit, of course you're fucked up. And you can tell that there was no argument there when Nikki was like, hey, instead of being with you for Christmas, I'm going with my friends. You could tell like she was just like, okay, you've been in a coma for a year. Bye. We we were just used to you not being around. I kind (laughs) of forgot you were here already. Oh, you're still right. That's right. You're not in a coma anymore. Because I did not shop for this many people. (laughs) You don't get any presents because you've been in a fucking coma. (laughs) I finished my Christmas presents two days before you woke up. So the mall today are you kidding me it's december 23rd <laughs> maybe next time you'll wake up earlier yeah, tell you what for your birthday we'll get you extra stuff <laughs> you were in a coma sorry so again you know what i'm gonna go back to my original thesis all three of these movies are about generational trauma also maybe if you're in a coma for a year take another couple days in the hospital before you just leave like your doctor like doctor- said <laughs> You know what? Yeah, that's honestly the Christmas message of Santa isn't real is listen to your fucking doctor. Right? Yeah. Santa isn't real. Listen to your doctor. Listen to your doctor. Okay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I think we've unpacked these movies enough. Yeah. Yeah, we unwrapped them. So. let's take them back. (laughs) Like a return. I'm just kidding. Everyone should rent. Maybe even buy Santa isn't real. I want you to get me that for Christmas, Andy. Oh, yeah? And considering it's the 25th, you don't have a lot of time. Oh, shit. I'm just going to go into a coma for a year. (laughs) That's a good solution. And can you wake up after Christmas so I don't have to buy you anything? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this has been our very vertical stack Christmas. I'm sure we'll be coming back to the vertical stack because it's there. Even even though I continue to feel increasingly conflicted about the phrasing of it. But I still like it. I don't know. I'm happy with it. And I'm happy with it because I love vertical stack movies. Yeah. Yeah, I love the movies. Even when they when I don't love them. I love them. Yeah, I appreciate that they exist. I am glad that there is this type of film in the world. Yeah. Peace on Earth. Goodwill towards vertical stack low movies. budget regional <laughs> non-studio system horror movies agreed so once again merry christmas happy holidays happy monday oh shit the happy 25th. Monica, we're late on that one that one happened a, a little while ago yeah but sorry this is, today is monday the 25th so again happy monday the 25th oh yeah happy monday happy kwanzaa tomorrow okay i think we can call it a christmas night yeah okay let's let's get out of here yeah so I hope you have a great holiday season. We will be back next week, actually, if if we're still alive. If we're still alive. With some end of the year wrap up. Yeah. But until then, bye. Good luck. Look at yourself. You look ridiculous, Nikki. You're just living proof that Santa isn't real. You just made the list. <laughs> I fucking love it when he says that. <laughs> All right, Andy. Bye. And good luck. TTFN.